The FTC has lost their case for their preliminary injunction, which means the Xbox Activision deal is closer to coming to a close. In the wake of the judge denying the FTC their request, the CMA has also responded with their own willingness to negotiate, but then they did another little update about how it could lead to another investigation. While there is still time for the FTC to appeal, this acquisition just got a whole lot closer to happening. Now, I want to go through why the injunction was denied. I want to consider the FTC's potential appeal, and I want to look at the CMA's response. Finally, I want to consider what happens next. What does this mean? for the immediate future. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the stream so you don't have to go looking for it. It is a live stream. It's a talk show. I open with a rather lengthy monologue when it considers this FTC thing and the Activision deal. It takes me quite a bit to go through all of the details. Once that monologue is done... I discuss it with the live audience. If you enjoy this kind of content, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my shows. So the FTC's request for a preliminary injunction was denied but the, by the judge, and we are now quite a bit closer to the deal closing. The date for Microsoft's appeal to the CMA may also be irrelevant in the wake of the CMA's response to the FTC's case result. And even though there is a chance for the FTC to appeal, I think the reasons they lost are quite strong. I don't necessarily agree with the judge on everything, but in my previous coverage, I was worried about one particular part where the FTC looked weak. So first, I want to look at what happened. What was the judge's reasoning for denying the request? Then I want to look at the possibility for an FTC appeal. What's the deadline? How strong could their appeal be? Third, the CMA's response is that they seem to be willing to negotiate, but again, they've recently now updated us that it could lead to another investigation prolonging this process even further. I found the CMA's thoughts on cloud market and regulation to be sound and they don't seem to be budging on that i'm not sure what this means that microsoft will have to do to get that to change lastly i want to ask what happens next what what comes next what are my thoughts what do i actually think about this what does this mean for gamers there is still the potential of challenges facing this merger there are some possibilities even after the deal goes through they could get activision blizzard and there's other things that could take place after the fact so first what happened now, just for starters, I'm, I'm not going to read you the 50-plus pages in a video. I don't think that that's helpful. It's better to sort of do a monologue and grab the high points. It's, uh, it's In essence, I'm going to give you the Cliff's Notes because it's better for everybody's time. We can get to the main discussion, okay? Steven Totillo on Twitter I thought was especially helpful in this regard, pulling out the high points and the pivotal things that took place in the judge's conclusion. So first, let's just start with the primary issue. Quote, first, the gist is that the FTC failed to convince judge that Microsoft Activision was likely to pull COD from PlayStation or substantially lessen competition in game library subscription and cloud markets. This is where the dreaded 20% will keep coming back up. The FTC looked weak here, and there's even more to it when they struggled to find the page number. It's not really their struggle to find the page number. We'll come back to that in a moment. But first, the judge did feel that COD would never be pulled. Despite extensive discovery, including nearly 1 million documents and 30 depositions, the FTC has not identified a single document which contradicts Microsoft's publicly stated commitment to make Call of Duty available on PlayStation. So she's saying, look, we looked at everything. 
you didn't prove at all that they would take Call of Duty from PlayStation. Now, according to Tatillo, the judge cited a lot of reasons for this. Cited consistent testimony from Microsoft execs that they wouldn't pull it. Cited deal plan that factored in PlayStation sale. They cited Phil Spencer's claim of reputation damage if it uh, reneged on their promises. And they cited lack of example of Microsoft pulling a popular multiplayer game. Now, she went on to say she did not find their reliance on Jim Ryan's testimony as persuasive because the FTC in their closing arguments did reference Jim Ryan's argumentation as well. In other words, Microsoft supplied plenty of testimony and commitment for Call of Duty and Jim Ryan's testimony was not strong enough to change that. I again want to reiterate that the focus on Call of Duty was a mistake. I think they spent too much time on Call of Duty. We've all spent too much time talking about it and it makes up a large portion of what the judge concluded. This was an area where I feel the FTC misfired in their focus. However, I do disagree with one aspect of what the judge concluded here. She says, quote, After the merger, consumers can utilize the cloud to play on the device of choice, including, if intended, on the Nintendo Switch. Perhaps bad for Sony, but good for Call of Duty gamers and future gamers. This statement could not be more false. This is not true. It's not good for gamers to suddenly have the choice between playing Call of Duty on the cloud or the Switch. If that ends up being bad for Sony, that's bad for gamers. Bobby Kotick himself said that playing Call of Duty on the cloud would be inferior due to latency. And if 48% of the buying consumers of Call of Duty find themselves in a future where they have to play on the cloud or you know potentially Nintendo Switch, that's not good for the consumer. The plans to bring the game to Nintendo Switch aren't even substantiated. She pointed that out in the closing arguments. In her own questioning, she pointed that out, okay? Microsoft looks silly, in my estimation, citing the Nintendo Switch intentions since, according to Bobby Kotick, it hadn't even been discussed with Activision. Xbox's own CFO admitted they hadn't even crunched the numbers of what it would look like to bring Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch. No cost assessment, no loss assessment, none of that. And the Nintendo executive wasn't even aware of the details of the deal. So invoking this in my estimation is just flimsy, okay? Especially when coupled with the cloud. Her conclusion that it would only be bad for Sony and good for consumers is demonstrably false with objective realities. Technical constraints and latency of playing Call of Duty on the cloud. Phil Spencer's own admission that Call of Duty would be less than on the Switch. So, while I think the FTC focused too heavily on Call of Duty, the judge's own conclusion about it is misguided at best and false at worst. Now, back to the 20% and why this is a worry that I had after the closing arguments. I didn't think they did a great job with this 20% thing. More from Steven Totillo. During closing arguments, Judge was curious about the FTC experts' 20% conversion rate of PlayStation COD players switching to Xbox if COD went exclusive. FTC failed trying to explain it. The judge today said, quote, So the 20% figure is not based on evidence. It's an assumed input. This is just the beginning of where the FTC failed to make a compelling case for their 20%. Another helpful tweet and quote from Totillo. Microsoft had their own expert, Dr. Carlton, go after FTC expert Lee's analysis. So expert Lee had this analysis, this 20% number, and Microsoft brings out Dr. Carlton. Dr. Carlton basically goes after it, and the judge had the following to say. The FTC chose not to challenge or even address Dr. Carlton's identification of material flaws in Professor Lee's share model. The criticisms thus stand unscathed and persuasive. Now, I would agree with the judge here. If you choose not to push back on what Dr. Carlton said, you're basically conceding the argument. That's logical. 
okay? I get in arguments with people all the time, and when you just refuse to address points, you're conceding that those points are likely solid. They don't have anything to say. The FTC failed in this regard pretty harsh. I, I don't think they did a great job with that 20%. Now, moving on to the arguments about ZeniMax. The judge didn't buy FTC's argument that Microsoft's past actions around ZeniMax Bethesda were predictive of its actions around Call of Duty. Quote, Neither Starfield nor Redfall are remotely similar to Call of Duty. I can see this from both sides. There's a relevant quote from the FTC's closing arguments that I don't feel the judge is grappling with here, but... I found one of the CFO's testimonials to be pretty damning. A clear pattern of deception and dishonesty surrounding the ZeniMax deal. They were not honest with the regulators. They had modeled foreclosure. They had financial incentive to do foreclosure. It was not case-by-case basis. It was a sweeping decision. They lied. They lied to the public and they lied to the regulators. Okay? I think that's important. (laughs) I can also see the judge ignoring that, though, and saying, listen... Those games aren't as big. Those games don't have the impact of Call of Duty and are therefore not predictive because there's an economic incentive to leave Call of Duty on PlayStation. However, if you look at Fallout 4 physical sales, the ratio is similar to how Call of Duty breaks down. According to VG Charts, Fallout 4 sold 5.1 million units the first week at retail. When you break down the sales by platform, PlayStation 4 had 3 million of those units. That's roughly 60%. Okay, roughly 60% of the physical sales week one for Fallout 4 were on PlayStation. Given that reality, Microsoft was clearly willing to sacrifice a high volume of sales, leaving 50 to 60% potential buyers of Bethesda property out in the cold when they made Starfield exclusive. Given that Call of Duty is in a similar position, with 48% of its purchasers being on Sony, that ratio similarity could have been argued. Also consider what the FTC said in their closing argument. This case isn't decided on traits of games. The case will be decided on economic incentives. That's the point of citing ZeniMax. They modeled ways of foreclosure. They found economic incentive to foreclose. Microsoft has modeled foreclosure of ABK property, which means they could find economic incentive to do it. That's incredibly important for the FTC's appeal. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. The judge then doubled down the argumentation about stifling innovation. I found her comments not very compelling here. There are direct consumer benefits to Activision staying independent and maintaining an innovative relationship with Sony. Losing that relationship would be harmful to consumers. I didn't think the judge was compelling here at all. I don't think she grappled with this reality in the least bit. This is the same person who thought everybody had over $1,000 gaming PCs in their home and could just pivot from their PS5 to a PC. So I don't think she was informed enough about that innovative relationship. Now listen, that's on the FTC. They should have done a better job arguing that. The benefits to consumer are going to be lost post-merger. Then, the judge was skeptical about the FTC succeeding, arguing about partial foreclosure. This isn't surprising. The FTC didn't provide much evidence. They didn't really argue strongly about partial foreclosure. They probably should have done a better job of doing this because that's another potential reality. All these 10-year contracts, all these cloud contracts, they all center everything around Microsoft, okay? You could do a gradual foreclosure and then completely control all this property in large portions of the market. The FTC didn't do a good job displaying this, okay? 
Then when it comes to game subs, Tatillo has a good summary. As for gaming subs, the judge assumes Game Pass would exclusively get Call of Duty, which she says, citing Microsoft's expert Carlton, quote, will actually lower costs for many game consumers and it won't harm and it will harm none. Judge says that the FTC failed to provide analysis, sensing a theme here, they failed to provide analysis to dispute those pro-competitive effects of Call of Duty exclusive to Game Pass. Says the FTC's argument that Activision could negotiate a Game Pass deal without the merger is contrary to Activision's resistance so far I actually think the judge is spot on here I've never been compelled to think that Call of Duty hitting Game Pass would convince PS5 owners to buy a whole new console you can't argue about how much COD users spend in the PS5 ecosystem and then argue that they would bail right they're going to go spend three to five hundred dollars on a console to get Call of Duty on Game Pass right these are spenders they would likely stay put and continue spending and maintain their digital library and their friendless cohesion. I've never been compelled by this argument that if Call of Duty hits Game Pass, there's going to be this mass exodus of people from PlayStation. I think that's a ludicrous argument. I think it's far more compelling to argue that we're going to lose features. We're not going to get patches as quickly. The game won't be optimized. That's a fast track of losing consumers. I don't think Game Pass is nearly as impactful. Now, when it comes to cloud, however, I think the judge is missing the mark. Quote from Tatillo, as for the cloud market where Microsoft ran into trouble with European and UK regulators, the judge here thinks those contracts with the likes of NVIDIA make the difference. Quote, the combined firm will probably not have an incentive to breach these agreements and make Activision content exclusive to xCloud. Probably? That's not compelling at all. Many have pointed to the fact that these Microsoft contracts are Microsoft-centric. The idea that they probably won't have an incentive? What do you mean? Did you prove they don't have an incentive? They certainly would have an incentive. The incentive being xCloud is a service that they want to sell. Their goal, according to their own documentation, according to Phil Spencer, the goal here is not console. The goal is cloud and mobile. This is flimsy, especially considering the CFO's admittance that many of these contracts were not even crunched with respect to the finances. Okay, That means Microsoft could easily find financial incentive to breach or terminate these contracts after the fact because they didn't even crunch the numbers. The NVIDIA contract, the the Nintendo contract, they admitted it. They admitted it in the document. They they admitted it in the court case, I'm sorry, that we didn't even crunch the numbers. They, They were whipped up as a defense. That's all these contracts are. They're a red herring. They don't represent the intentions of the merger. They were merely formulated to defend the merger. If these were part and parcel, if they were the intentions of the merger, they would have been drawn up way ahead of time. They were spurred on by worries that they were not going to get this deal to go through. Google and other cloud services companies have globally criticized Microsoft for anti-competitive behavior, and they handled it the exact same way. They would lock companies into contracts so that they would stop complaining, and Google and other companies have pointed out that that centers the ecosystem, that centers the economic reality of those things around Microsoft. It circles the market around Microsoft. You're doing the same thing with xCloud and these contracts. You're tying everybody back to one player. So the judge missed the mark here. Finally, her conclusion was that, quote, The FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim this particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. 
So she's saying they didn't show a likelihood it would prevail in their claim. Their claim that this merger may substantially lessen competition. I don't agree with her. I believe there's been plenty of pieces of evidence, plenty of testimonials, plenty of things to point to. Indeed, that is their goal. Like, their goal is vertical anti-competitive. It's foreclosure. It's let's grab this all up and eventually it'll be ours. These 10-year contracts are not compelling, especially with the longevity of gaming and how much it's going to evolve over the next 10 years. Everybody's looking to cloud to be endemic to that reality. Now, more consumer access to Call of Duty is also not compelling because that can be Microsoft-centric if they so choose. So yes, you could argue, oh, more consumers have access to Call of Duty, but if it's all tied back to Microsoft, you are once again creating a vertical foreclosure possibility. That again is all they needed to prove that they would be able to, that they may do this. Again, the judge's logic is that Microsoft probably won't do that. And that's on the FTC ultimately. They didn't make a strong enough case that consumers would be harmed by this. Their decision to not argue against the 20% model criticism, that really, I think, sealed their fate. I don't think they handled that well. If they would have handled that aspect well, they probably would have come away with their preliminary injunction. Now, what about the FTC's chance of appeal? An FTC agency spokesperson had the following to say in response. The FTC is disappointed in this outcome given the clear threat this merger poses to open competition in cloud gaming, subscription services, and consoles. In the coming days, we'll be announcing our next step to continue our fight to preserve competition and protect consumers. So what does this mean if they intend to appeal? According to sources, the FTC has until Friday night the 14th to file their appeal. And according to Bloomberg, they may actually have a strong argument. This is from Bloomberg's article on it. Robert Land, a professor at University of Baltimore School of Law, said Corley was too strict about the level of certainty she required from the FTC's case. The law only requires the agency show that a deal may substantially lessen competition, not that it will or is likely to, he said. So he's arguing she didn't use the right model of determination here. They didn't have to prove that it will happen or is likely to happen, just that it may happen. They substantially proved that. I I don't know how you could look at this and say they didn't. Many people keep pushing back and saying, well, they would never do that. They keep promising. They they keep saying they didn't model. There's no economic incentive. No, it's just that they may. And they have modeled for it. They've modeled for the loss, just like they modeled for the loss with Bethesda and then went back on their word to the regulator. Oh, we don't have any financial incentive to do this. It'll be case by case. Then they immediately go, sweeping decision. The CFO is surprised. ZeniMax is surprised. And surprise, surprise, that was a plan all along. They had modeled for it already. It was abundantly clear that Microsoft may lessen competition. The judge's own language, her own language, she used the language of probably and perhaps. That's not strong. That's not conclusive. You're saying, yeah, they probably won't do this. Perhaps they won't do this. Well, then that means the alternative is equally true then, right? It may go the other direction, which means the FTC did their job. I still don't think they handled the 20% section properly, but according to this professor, this is what they said. Quote, I believe the judge evaluated the case using the wrong standard, and I believe the FTC should appeal, said Land, who gave a lecture at the FTC in March on research into how courts have applied that antitrust standard to mergers. This guy knows about this standard and how it should be applied to mergers, and he's saying 
she didn't apply the standard properly here, okay? We're going to see if the FTC decides to take this course of argumentation. However, another professor doesn't think the FTC will win their appeal. A Stanford professor, however, he feels they're unlikely to succeed. More from Bloomberg. Stanford law professor Doug Melamede, however, said he believes it's unlikely the appeals court would rule before the deal's deadline on July 18th. Quote, It's extremely unlikely that the FTC could persuade the Court of Appeals to enjoin the merger before July 18th, said Melamede, a former Justice Department antitrust official. So, this guy also knows what he's talking about. He says, listen, the time constraint here is a factor. You're not going to get that in that amount of time, all right? I find that uniquely frustrating, given that Microsoft drugged their feet in providing the FTC with documents, stalling the FTC's discovery process, okay? The FTC had to file a motion to compel just to get a lot of those files. I don't know if they can look back at that and say, listen, this was obstruction of justice. Microsoft intentionally drugged their feet to put us into a constrained timeline. The judge herself admitted that this was a constrained timeline, and now you have a, a law professor saying, you're not going to get your appeal. It's a constrained timeline. That's a terrible way for this to go through that they they basically (laughs) navigated this to where there's no time left it's not because it's right it's not because it's just it's because we're running out of time that's a terrible reason to let a merger of this size go through now something else could happen and this would be afterwards okay according to jez corden at windows central quote the ftc could still win in court at a later date and potentially force divestiture of the entire abk operation even after microsoft had closed but it's potentially unlikely now what does divestiture mean it's when a company or government disposes of all or some of its assets by selling exchanging closing them down or through bankruptcy so that's a possibility i don't know if that would be even remotely possible at this point if the ftc has that amount of time if they have that amount of money they've got other cases they're setting their sights on would they want to go after this after it closes to try to push for that divestiture not really sure however the cma may already be getting some form of divestiture so what did the cma say okay in response to the FTC case, the CMA said, quote, We stand ready to consider any proposals from Microsoft to restructure the transaction in a way that would address the concerns set out in our final report. Brad Smith responded, saying, We're willing. We, we ultimately disagree with the CMA's concerns. We're considering how the transaction might be modified in order to address those concerns that would be acceptable to the CMA. So Brad Smith's like, Okay, fine. We're, we don't agree with you, but we're willing to meet with you on these subjects now cnbc initially has reported and i don't think this is true based on what the cma just recently said but this is what the cnbc reported microsoft and the cma have agreed on a small divestiture to address the regulators concerns this came from david faber of cnbc now there's there's speculation are they going to cut xcloud out of the uk market is that the divestiture right that would be a a closure in that market that would be a form of divestiture we're gonna have to wait for confirmation however it's not as clean as just well we'll check this box and do this thing and then the deal can go through the cma according to the verge has said there this might require a new investigation Quote, whilst merging parties don't have the opportunity to put forward new remedies once a final report has been issued, they can choose to restructure a deal, which can lead to a new merger investigation. So this could extend things even further. It's not just, hey, 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 we edited that line. Okay, push it through. It might require new merger investigation. And in light of all of the FTC's discoveries, I would imagine the CMA would want to really press in on some of this stuff, especially considering... 
what Microsoft told the EU and the UK about case-by-case with ZeniMax, about we don't have a financial incentive. It was basically proven, according to the CFO's testimonials, that they lied to the UK regulators, and the CMA maybe wants to take a crack at that. I don't know. Now, keep in mind, they also said the following. Microsoft and, and, and Activision have indicated they are considering how the transaction might be modified, and the CMA is prepared to engage with them on this basis. These discussions remained in an early stage, and the nature and timing of next steps will be determined in due course. While both parties have requested a pause in the Microsoft's appeal to allow these discussions to take place, the CMA decision set out in the final report still stands. So they're saying, look, this is in the early stages, all right? I feel like maybe they said this... Because they thought people were, were, were reading this in the public and saying, oh, the CMA is already ready to, you know, kind of bend over for this and, and they'll just give in, okay? It's more about pausing the appeal than potentially just, that's like a different course. Like, we're going to pause the appeal and we're going to take a different course of action. We'll allow maybe some divestiture, which then would require a new investigation potentially. Now, I also think contrary to what the CNBC reported, they're still in early talks. So it doesn't seem they've come to an agreement. It doesn't seem that they've come to some small divestiture. So whoever reported that from CNBC, I don't know if that's been vetted yet. Okay, so what are my thoughts? I went as fast as I could through this because I don't like these monologues and these show opens getting too long. But after the closing arguments and the CFO's testimony... I thought the FTC landed enough points to have the injunction granted. I was worried, however, that the weak points in their case and argument would be their downfall. Now we wait and see what the CMA process looks like, what the appeal looks like for the FTC. I'm going out of town on vacation next week, so I, if I if I have to record videos at the beach, I will, and then you know my uh, my producer and editor will take care of that. But I'd prefer not to. Okay, I want to prop my feet for a week and enjoy myself. I'm tired of talking about this. All right, if the judge, in fact use the wrong model and the FTC can argue that compellingly, this short window for the appeal may not be a factor. But I will say this. I find the rampant celebration and the maliciousness from the gaming public about this to be pretty telling. For many people, this is a personal fight, which I find a little disturbing and strange. Telling people to cry more or hold the L because they think the deal, you know, I, I might think the deal's a bad idea. There's other people who think that the, the deal is a bad idea. And, you know, telling us to cry more and hold the L, it's just bizarre. And here's why it's bizarre. In one breath, the public is told all these games are going to stay on PlayStation. Or, or another thing the public is continually told, well, this is great for consumers, okay? Then what exactly is the L here? What exactly did you win? What did PlayStation fans lose? A bunch of games already coming to the market are now going to land on Game Pass, maybe as early as 2025, but they're also coming to PlayStation, right? That's the argument. It's continually argued that they're going to keep coming to PlayStation and that this is good for consumers. So your big win is that you're going to get to save 60 or $70 every once in a while, starting in 2025 if all goes according to plan. So in two years, you can start playing more games without buying them. Games already in production. Games already coming to the market. I can't help but think that this is a loss for everyone and you got duped. You got tricked into thinking that that's the real victory that matters. Microsoft could have invested half of the $69 billion into better tech. 
They could have been ruthlessly aggressive with a Series X on price and power. They could have undercut Sony on price and really gave us true power instead of what they did with the Series S. They could have brought strong first-party presence to the market this generation. But instead, they gave Series X owners a pile of broken promises and broken commitments. And if the deal goes through, a whole swath of studios will now have to prioritize the Series S for all their games coming out. That's a loss for anyone who doesn't own a Series S. That's a lot of games that now have to appeal to the weakest box in the market. The folks cheering for this deal have set the bar of excellence so low that saving money is all it takes to satisfy you. You don't need amazing next-gen titles, because you don't have any. You don't need tech innovation or better hardware, because you don't have any. The second largest company in the world seems to be unwilling to spend money on good games, which... I guess they have that in common with their biggest fans. Not wanting to buy games is basically the new Xbox consumer motto. The fact that gamers can't see pushing large developers, publishers, and game projects into a sub-model, you can't see that that's value destructive, that is baffling to me. Ignoring the fact that Activision avoided Game Pass up to now should be a huge red flag. The loss for the FTC is a loss for consumers. Nobody can cite a single instance of consolidation at this level that has benefited consumers. You can't demonstrate it historically. You can only demonstrate the opposite. It's always bad for consumers. Bad for choice, bad for price, bad for innovation and advancing things. Look at cell phones, look at internet service providers. It's all stalled out because we let them consolidate up. But a company, this company Microsoft, that was caught lying to regulators, lying to the public on numerous occasions, they continue to be the ones that assure us this will be good for us. Apparently, according to a ruthless and dishonest company, this will be the one time in history a consolidated merger effort will benefit us, the consumer. Call me a skeptic. Call me a pony. Call me whatever juvenile name that you want to come up with. I'll continue to say that if Microsoft wins, consumers and gamers are the ones who will lose. Let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion. It certainly seems as if one of the last barriers keeping this deal from going through just fell over. The FTC seemed to do their best, but the case had enough weak points that it wasn't enough. And I wonder if anyone has really thought about that. Lawyers for a company the size of Microsoft went toe-to-toe with the less-equipped FTC, and many experts weighed in, and they weren't sure which way this was going to go. Imagine if the FTC had more time, more money, or if Microsoft hadn't forced them to file a motion to compel. Imagine if Microsoft hadn't slowed down the discovery process. It's almost a microcosm of what folks are cheering for, letting the guy with the bigger wallet win. The second thing I want to say is, I don't have a lot of confidence in the FTC's appeal. There were parts of what the judge concluded that I disagreed with, but there were also parts that were clear. The FTC failed to push back on very important things. I'm also not sure what the CMA will do or what the future holds there. That could be another long, drawn-out process. I just know that this will likely not end anytime soon. My conclusion is this. The case has proven something rather definitively for me. There are many people out there who are not a fan of video games. They're a fan of a brand, and they're a fan of fighting and attacking others. And this is for both sides, by the way. Sure, some people just want Game Pass to get more games, and I'm not really talking about those consumers. Others have turned this into a microscope into their character, their integrity, and their honesty. Even their kindness. And that's what I'll leave you with. 
The true case here has been a public one, a case where folks indicted themselves as unkind and dishonest, and even Microsoft's money can't reverse that verdict. And that's the show open. Uh, Make sure you guys, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. That was another long one, and yeah, a little serious at the end, but I mean it. I mean it. Folks are taking this way too far and being way too nasty and unkind, and that's the true... That's the true public case in, in in my estimation. So thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure you're smashing like over a thousand people here. I did shows before today, by the way. We talked about Armored Core, right? We, we talked about... What did we talk about on Monday? I can't even remember now. We talked about other games, okay? Make sure you guys show up. Just because I'm talking FTC, come on. We have a good time here. Don't just show up for the fireworks. I'm probably not going to give you any today, all right? I'm really, really kind of worn out on the tribalism and the infighting about this. I find the whole thing to be exhaustive. Rather than just be able to break things down and report on what happens, I got to constantly get, you know, attacked and 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 shot at the entire time. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just video games, folks. Uh, all right, let me put this down in the corner. Let's get the member goal started for the day. Get the coffee orders going and get the likes going. There's over 1,100 people here over 1100 people here thank you guys so much for being here if you want to join the conversation be sure that you are subscribed be sure to subscribe and give us your thoughts in the chat I'm open to discussion I'm not open to tribalism and and fighting right I'm not open uh, to tribalism and fighting like people are just going to come in and call this coping we're just we're not interested in talking with folks like you I'd rather have conversations with people so Parasito's going to start the day with 10 gifted members thank you so much for doing that you know it's funny that I end the show open by saying that people are showing how unkind and vicious they are and then immediately people start throwing out attacks in chat and what is happening what is going on? Five gifted members from Belly Boy, five from Roger, and five from D Dizzle. That's 15, 25 members right off the rip. You guys wasted no time. You're like, the monologue's over. We're taking over the show, Lono. Aaron Claypool with 11 months and a VIP says, Love your shirt. It's a perfect for a high drama day. Is Wolverine on the back of it? No, no, no. Wolverine's at the bottom. He's down to the bottom. It's that meme. It's that stupid cat meme. If you want to get this, there's a link in the in the in the uh, description below. This comes from Ripped Apparel. I wore this on purpose. <laughs> Cyclops like, because <laughs> I knew it was gonna be one of those days, Chad. It was gonna be one of those days. A five dollar super chat tip from William Lewis. I've been watching this whole case just like I used to watch hockey and auto racing for the fights and the accidents. Thank you, William Lewis, for the five dollar super chat tip and a gifted member from Joker Quinn and a gifted five bomb from Borbs, taking us to thirty one. Joker insisting on being the agent of chaos and pushing us to the next goal. We have fallen below 3,000 members. You guys must have gone crazy 30 days ago. We're at like 2,600 members. So go crazy today if you want to get back up to those good numbers. We'll have some good incentives for you very, very soon. Uh, E-Man did it with 12 months and it's a VIP plus one year, baby. Much love, Lona. Keep doing your thing. You're killing it. Thank you so, so much. 
took some time away after my surgery, but I'm back to work. Uh, love listening to your program. Thank you, Cowboy. Hope everything's going well for you, man. Hope the surgery went well. Hope you, you know, your recovery went well. Brap, my man Brap's in chat basement, Radio Arcade Podcast. Guys, make sure and check out his channel. Armored Core discussion was awesome. Also, some who claim to love gaming really just love being part of a tribe, games over tribe. That's what I'm saying. I don't see how this is a win for anybody. 32 members on the day, bumping the line by one. Thank you, William Lewis. Like, that was my question to people. I think I think that's probably the best question to ask. You keep saying, hold this L. You keep saying, you lost and you're crying. Okay, what did I lose? What did I lose? Because according to the argumentation, these games are still going to come to all platforms. According to the argumentation, this is great for consumers. So tell me, please, what did I lose? What did you win? Outline it for me. Make it make sense. What'd you win? Starting in 2025, you can you can you can save what? You can you can save 60 bucks every once in a while? What? What? Is that it? That's what you got? That's your win? These games were already coming to the market. These games were already in production. You were already going to be able to play these games. So, I'm sorry. I don't don't, don't understand what you won. The ability to save money. Do you have anything else to say? Do you have anything else to say? That's it? One star with a month. Basically, Lono... Cheerleaders for the underdog trillionaire company. <laughs> it's so top G. Joking aside, do you see Sony rejecting COD? No, I don't think they're going to reject COD. No, 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 no. That's mutual destruction. I don't see Sony doing that. Ghostface with 11 months and a VIP. From the outside looking in, it seems like the judge didn't look at or take this as seriously as she should have. I don't know if you can allege that. I didn't find... I found some of her points to be quite compelling. She was right. The FTC didn't push back hard enough on... What was his name? Dr. Carlton? No, they didn't push back hard enough on that. That's on them. They failed. They should have pushed back on that. They should have had better argumentation. If you're going to come to the court with the model asserting 20%, it cannot be presumed, assumed, inferred. It has to be backed by documents. It has to be backed by facts. And then Dr. Carlton ripped it up, and they didn't say anything in response. If you come to me and you say, hey, if that store down on the corner closes down, it's going to be chaos. And I'm like, okay, do you have any facts or evidence? No? Okay, this guy over here has all these charts and documents proving you wrong. Do you have anything to say about that? No. Okay, I would reject what you were saying. I think she was right to reject it. Like, what, your 20%'s not very compelling? You didn't respond to Dr. Carlton? That's on the FTC, 100%. A $5 uh, super chat from... Uh, hang on, I just got to click at the top. Uh, I did 10 gifts during the opening and now two $5 super chats just saying JW just finally figured out how to get into the discord. Let me add your 10 gifted members. Let me bump it all the way to 42. Are there, are there any others that I missed from the opening? Um, JW, it says you did five gifteds and five, uh, thing. Hold the line chat, spam it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, let me help you out. Uh, well said closing. You hit every point. And then five months from Drufus. I certainly don't like consolidation, but there weren't any compelling arguments from this case to stop the deal. Microsoft wouldn't uh, recover publicly or financially if they took COD from PlayStation. That's such... That's all. I'm so tired of that red herring, though. That's not... 
that's not it. I that's I've conceded that for for a year. I've conceded that for a year that the concern is not that Call of Duty is going to leave PlayStation. It would be too financially destructive. That's not the issue. JW put in 10 members. I mean, I gave you credit for 10. The the, the back end, the back end was only showing five. I, I went ahead and I put in, I went ahead and I put in the 10. So in, in, in my mind, in my mind, it's not about Call of Duty. It's about what Microsoft does to gaming. It's about what Microsoft does to studios. It's about how what's what's Microsoft's strategy. How does Microsoft handle its... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll tell you what, what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. I don't want to hear from some of you. Okay? You want to talk in my chat? We're going to go members only because you guys are just spamming to try to get a reaction. I'd like to have a conversation with people that are here to talk, right? <clears throat> so thank you, Ron M., for gifting 10 members, bumping it to 52. I can't have a conversation if I'm having to constantly ban people that are just spamming insults. It's just not enjoyable. So there we go. 53 out of 75. We're going to go members only. All right? Put that in your non-paying pipe and smoke it. With P- uh, PS5 currently has the PS4 version of Minecraft due to Microsoft owning them. The reason we don't have a PS5 native version is because Sony does not want to provide Microsoft with the dev kit, which makes sense business-wise, says Butters. How much worse of a product will Sony be getting? As a business, it's 100% makes sense why Sony won't provide a dev kit to a direct competitor. Listen. Listen, that's such an excellently made point, Butters, and I really don't feel like she dealt with that well at all. She didn't deal with that well at all. She's like, oh no, innovation wouldn't be stifled. You can demonstrate that in the market right now. What do you mean? What do you mean innovation won't be stifled? You can demonstrate it in the market. It, it, it's, it's happening with Minecraft. Jim Ryan says, we couldn't possibly do that. You can't expect us to send our dev kit to our competitor. The FTC should have demonstrated that. I feel the FTC did demonstrate that. They demonstrated it with Jim Ryan's testimony. This harms consumers. Thank you again for the gifted members. Uh, Ron M for the 10. I I bumped it, right? Did I bump that by 10? I can't remember if I bumped that by 10. I bumped it by DK Beggars 1. It was at 42, wasn't it? I I can't even remember now. I feel they did demonstrate it. You're going to lose that independent relationship, right? If if right now Activision were to stay independent, that's a benefit to the consumers because 48% of the people who buy Call of Duty will continue to get the best features, the best innovation, the best version of the game for that platform. There's a vested interest for Activision to make a a really good version for for PlayStation. Butters citing the Minecraft situation is exactly right. We don't want to give our dev kit to our competitor, so you're not getting one. Minecraft's now, you know, an old version on the PS4. Well, that's on Sony. That's standard competitive practice to not hand your dev kit to your competitor. 
Sony chose to get the worst version. What, what are you talking about? That's the reality of the market right now. A- imagine Apple doing something like this. Imagine Apple going for mass consolidation and Google arguing, well, we'd have to give you our stuff. We'd have to give you our designs for our next iPhone. We're not going to do that. Well, that's your choice. No, that's anti-competitive to strong arm somebody into giving you their IP, their their patents. That's not competitive at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a vertical merger, and if you want to keep working with this company that we now own, yeah, you got to give us all your stuff. Yeah. We get to see all of your patents and everything. Basement Radio Arcade Podcast. My man Brap says, Lono and chat. Thoughts on if we see more consolidation amongst the top 10 publishers and Sony being even more aggressive with second and third party exclusivity deals as a result. Brap, there is a reason that Sony is on record as to allocating more funds for acquisition. There's a reason that Embracer Group is laying people off and shuttering studios. They're freeing up funds to spend. Everybody's getting ready. This deal goes through and it's the starter pistol. There will be more acquisition. There will be more consolidation. And for like the 10 time, not to you, Brap, but to the people that think, you'd be okay if Sony was doing this. No, I wouldn't. I don't want that to happen. I don't want Amazon, Google, Tencent, Embracer, Sony. I don't want them spending a bunch of money on consolidation. That's not, I don't I don't find that to be good for the market. When rumors were swirling that Sony was going to get Take-Two, I was firmly against it. I was like, that's not what we want. We don't want a buying war. Madeira does a VIP welcome back in. Madeira and a $5 super chat tip from former archive. Saving money is huge for many of us. It's Christian like you uh, to give the rest of, of us a bad name. I didn't give you a bad name for saving money. I asked if you got anything more than that. Now, I'll, I'll answer what some people said. When I said, what did you win? Because the timeline currently is that you're going to get a bunch of games on Game Pass in 2025, okay? DK Beggar gifts another member. If you guys want to talk in chat, got to be a member. So thank these people for being kind enough to gift members on a day like today. I didn't feel like listening to a bunch of day-old account gray names insult me and the chat. So we went members only. Borbs with a $10 super chat. Later, Lona will watch the show later tonight. Can't stay awake. Got home at 4 a.m. West Coast. All right. Thanks so much, Borbs, for the gifted members and for hanging out. Thank you, DK Baker, for another one. So people push back and they said, well, we'll get more than savings. In two years, you know, you'll be able to save some money. 2025 is for Call of Duty, not all ABK games. Paul, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the timeline for a lot of the titles. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me at all if ABK negotiated that. I wouldn't be surprised if they treat Diablo the same way. It wouldn't shock me, right? Even, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy's name that, 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 that said this online? He said, oh, that thing is fake. That leak was fake. He stood by that, by the way. I know you guys saw that, right? He doubled down. He said, no, that leak is still fake. He's like, I don't know what the future holds, but that leak was fake. The leak of, like, Diablo 4 coming to Game Pass, right? And people are like, oh, you deleted the tweet. Well, yeah, if the deal goes through, he doesn't want to have to deal with a bunch of people getting up his nose about it. He was specifically saying that that leak is not real. That's not happening. It could happen in a year. It could happen in a year and a half. It could happen in nine months. We don't know. That wasn't what he was contesting. Sprinting Snail with 11 months. Not enough credence was given to the amount of studios Microsoft gets. With high development costs, all those studios competing for funding stifles innovation. That that harms consumer. Another good point, Sprinting Snail. Everest Thorn with a month and it's a member plus. Microsoft just made 10,000 people uh, redundant today. If they don't care about their own staff, they don't care about you. You know what's funny is one of the people laid off actually was at uh, the Coalition. 
she tweeted she's at the coalition they're already they're already hurting some of their own studios i mean you could say they're not hurting them but they're laying people off on their own studios already they're freeing up funds even more i'm gonna read what you said in a moment eugene striker one with 18 months xbox is gonna send dev kits to bungie it works both ways for all their multi-plat live service games bungie operates independently not the same at all uh, Zippy Narwhal with a $5 super chat tip. The FTC has never won a vertical merger appeal or in court without a preliminary injunction. Microsoft will close over the CMA and work something out. Do you think it's over? They're not going to close over the CMA. No. I don't know why people people keep saying that. The CMA is 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 like what's it called? The appeal is being they use a specific word. Let's just say stalling or stopping or halting, whatever. They're they're halting that. They're saying that we're not going to go forward with the appeal. We're going to have talks with you, and that might lead to another investigation. Microsoft's agreeing to that. I, I don't. I don't think they're closing over the CMA. Now, without the preliminary injunction, you know they've never won a vertical merger appeal or in court without a you know preliminary injunction. They're not trying to win against the merger. They're trying to win their case for the preliminary injunction. The case that would come next would be their case to try to cause divestiture or. Um, or to stop it altogether. They don't have enough time for stopping it altogether as far as I can tell, unless again they can win the appeal and then the deal gets renegotiated and kicked the can gets kicked further down the road. So um I'm trying to keep this all straight in my head. So the appeal has a chance. I don't think it's I think it's a very slim chance unless they can definitively prove that she used the wrong model. You know, if they don't win that appeal, their case later could just be one of divestiture where they say, this is anti-competitive, this is going to break antitrust, you got to break some of this up. That's a case they could win. That would not reverse the deal. It would require Microsoft to sell portions of ABK off to other players. We just don't want to go there, man. That, that Then you're going to have Embracer and Amazon and Google and Tencent stepping into the mix and trying to scoop a bunch of these people up, a bunch of these studios up. So divestiture could still happen. That would likely lead to... Um, I don't know if they want to sell off the smaller studios, the bigger studios. Microsoft would want to retain King. I think that much is obvious. They would want to retain King. Hang on, I've got some more things that have come... Through Jay Mendez with a five dollar super chat tip. People who think Game Pass will be ten or fifteen dollars after the acquisition is crazy. It'll move up to sixty five or seventy dollars. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, no. I think we'll get to a point where Game Pass is probably about double what it is now. That's that's probably five to ten years away. I could see Game Pass ending up in the twenty to thirty dollar range, but I don't. I think that's 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 a distant future. I don't think that's happening. I think that will happen, and I think people will realize. <laughs> they will realize Game Pass twenty bucks a month in twenty twenty five. I'm telling you, I I see the twenty to thirty dollar range becoming a reality. I do. Um. $5 super chat from Skyler. Hopefully this drives Sony to provide better services, pricing, and variety of game genres. Sony being comfortable isn't great for gamers either. I disagree. I don't think Sony's been comfortable. I don't think you get to their position by being comfortable. I've, I haven't been dissatisfied with any of the cool things that they've put out there, whether it was 
Uh, Cana Bridge of Spirits is a smaller indie title that we got. Uh, Stray was timed exclusive, but Stray was really cool. They put money behind that. Final Fantasy 16 is not like any of the games I've played thus far. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West are vastly different. I don't find Sony fans saying that. I always hear Xbox fans saying Sony's comfortable, right? How many people are sitting with a PS5 saying, yeah, man, Sony's really comfortable right now, man. I'm just not getting good games. I, I, I don't find PlayStation fans saying that. It's always an Xbox fan that's saying that. And I'll be honest with you. Your opinion doesn't matter if you don't own a PlayStation. Like, who cares what you think about what they're doing? You're not buying the games anyway. You don't, you're not in their ecosystem. Yeah, the VR stuff. I'm extremely happy. I have my PSVR 2. I've been playing uh, Synapse. I've been playing Synapse. Synapse is a blast. I don't feel like they're they're resting on their laurels and not giving me good games. You know who's not been doing anything? You know who's not been aggressive? You know who's not been delivering games this generation? Xbox. My Xbox gets turned on way less. My Xbox doesn't have tech innovation. It doesn't have VR. I don't even have next-gen games to play on my Xbox other than, like, what, Forza? If I boot up my PS5, I can play plenty of next-gen games. Plenty of really amazing games that launched this generation. Games that I've completed. Games that I'm currently playing right now. I can't say that for my Xbox. What do you mean that they've been comfortable They've been delivering a better cadence of quality this generation compared to Xbox. That's been my irritation. What in the frick am I supposed to play on my Xbox right now? What? Did you say Xbox not aggressive as we discussed their $70 billion purchase? That $70 billion purchase isn't what we're talking about with respect to Sony will be more aggressive. In the context of him saying Sony's not been aggressive and Sony's been comfortable, what the frick are you talking about? We're three years into this generation. And do we want to... Microsoft's not giving me anything other than acquisitions. That's their aggression? That doesn't do anything for me. You you think them spending lots of money on Bethesda? What did that do for me? What? What? Redfall was coming to market. Starfield was already coming to market. That didn't do anything for me. It didn't. What's it do for me? That's not aggressive. That's not new titles. That's not tech innovation. Those aren't next-gen wins. What What did you get from Microsoft's aggressive acquisition strategy that they implemented? What? What do you have to show for it? I've got a VR. I've got new games. I've got next-gen games. I have a library of games I played this generation on my PlayStation. I have virtually nothing on my Xbox that I played for my Series X. Nothing to show off its power. Where's What do you mean that they've been aggressive? Yeah, with their checkbook. That doesn't do anything for me. I don't care about that. That doesn't put games on my box. That doesn't put my butt on my couch playing a game. It has me sitting here discussing it. That's all it's done for me is giving me topics for videos. It doesn't justify my Series X purchase. William Lewis says, I want a new Deadpool game. Ryan Reynolds' voice. Another gifted member from DK Baker. DK Baker setting up the 20-bomb layup. We'll see if any of the big boys are here today to do it. Thank you so much, DK Baker. Elios with a $5 Super Chat tip. Doesn't Xbox send dev kits to Sony San Diego Studio for MLB The Show? And Sony San Diego Studio isn't independent from Sony Studios? I actually don't know. I'd have to research that. $5 from Brap. Investing in a niche market such as VR is not the behavior of a company who is comfortable. Thank you. Thank you. That's not comfortable. It isn't. That's not comfortable at all. Oh, uh, do, are we going to ignore the Q light? Are we going to ignore the Q light? 
Look at all the things I'm going to be able to do with my PlayStation 5 this generation. I'll be able to I'll be able to make sure it's in standby mode and I can play anywhere as long as I got Wi-Fi. I can just boot up and play, boot up and grind something, right? I've got I've got VR games. Like I was a VR skeptic and I'm playing VR games in the evening. I've got games like Final Fantasy 16 and God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West and Returnal and Ratchet and Clank. I've, I've had a great, great time this generation with my PlayStation. I have. And I'm going to continue to. All I've been asking for Xbox to do is invest in their studios, invest in new tech, make good on their promises. Like, go watch all of the all of the marketing for the Series X. I'm never going to get anything they promise me. I haven't yet. I haven't yet gotten a game to do all the things they promise. And I won't. Because the Series S is their priority. Scott Woodford with a $5 Super Chat tip. I've not touched my PS5 in two months, uh, but I do have a ROG ally. You're welcome for the VR push. Nobody pushed me to the PSVR 2. I always told you guys that I would eventually get one and try it. I knew it was a matter of trying it. I wasn't interested in the early versions. The early versions were not interesting to me. They were extremely expensive, and there was a small smattering of games to get. PSVR 2 hit the market with a game that I recognized, and I thought, the quality of that game looks incredible. I'm in. I'll try that. Sony was seven months of membership. Can we kill the lie that Sony killed Sega? I don't know. I'm not interested in debating that. Thank you for the seven months. Divestor doesn't uh, actually mean they would get rid of anything of Activision. They could charge cloud as a separate market. I'm not sure what you mean by that. What do you mean charge cloud as a separate market? How would they do that through divestiture? Did I hear correctly that some are out here saying that the win is going to be how it shakes out on Series S and Game Pass in two years because that's effing hilarious. Eugene says early versions required multiple wires and sensors. Yeah, early versions of VR just didn't appeal to me. PSVR 2 changed that. I was like, oh, I just buy it and plug it into my PlayStation and I can play a Horizon game? That looks cool. I'll do that. I'll try that. Shelly with two months of membership. I actually think that the only way this ABK thing ends is with Activision divesting from Blizzard King. Microsoft gets Blizz King. Activision remains independent. Shelly, that was one of the considerations uh, from Jez Corden. His consideration was, yeah, that they might they might end up winning some case that'll cause divestiture. I, I don't know enough about that to argue whether or not that's likely or not. He didn't seem to think that it was likely. He's not a lawyer either. So, like, we're... I, I think we're both shrugging at that going, I don't know, Frick. I mean, that could happen. I don't think the FTC wins their appeal either. Um, Table JFK with 22 months in a VIP. Is there an Xbox exclusive uh, where there is a burp mechanic? Just kidding. Have a good day. Thank you, Table. Repost. All right, hang on. Hang on a second, Eugene. Exclusivity of all types is about to increase, and the people who cheered and championed this deal are going to be the ones missing out on more games than they ever have. I I said that the other day on a podcast. I said, listen, y'all, you're not considering the bigger picture. <laughs> you're not considering the bigger picture. You're going to drive... Anybody who ain't anybody who ain't under the Microsoft umbrella. Let's say this deal goes through, okay? Microsoft umbrella gets really, really big. Everybody outside that umbrella is going to avoid that ecosystem. They already are anyway. 
They already are anyway. Do you really want to go and compete with Game Pass? A Game Pass full of ABK property? You want to go over there and compete with that? Well, the only way you can go over there and compete with that is to go on Game Pass. And companies more and more are coming out and being like, yeah, we don't want to go on Game Pass. Activision didn't want to go on Game Pass. Do you want to go on Game Pass and compete with ABK titles? I, I tried to tell folks the other day, I said, you Xbox guys think this deal is awesome. You're going to get less and less third party long term because you're going to make your platform a really, really tall walled garden. And it's just going to be a bunch of ABK and Bethesda stuff. Now, that's not bad, but it also compounds an existing problem. You, you get less third party. You're going to make PlayStation look very appealing. It's an easier ecosystem to develop for. All those publishers and developers and projects right now that are at Activision Blizzard, guess what they have to do? They have to come under the Series S. That's they have to they all have to build for Series S first. It's the primary console. I want you to think about what that's going to do to all those games over the course of the next 8 years. Nobody's thinking about that. Uncle Brada with 11 months. One more year, bro. Keep killing it. Leading the way in gaming news and entertainment. Thank you, Uncle Brada. Vedger with four months. It's great. The gaming daddy known as Phil Spencer by XCast team and kind of funny is out here making huge headlines in gaming. Gaming is trending. I don't understand your... The, I don't understand what you're saying, Vedger. Parasito says, if this deal really is the starter pistol, what are the chances that we see even more of a divide with games throughout the consolidation? Xbox plus PlayStation buying out studios, duopoly, divestiture chances. That's a thing, Parasito. We've consistently said that that's the concern. Reforge also said exclusives were a good thing for developers the other day. I said timed exclusives are good for developers. Yes. I believe timed exclusives are good for developers. It's good for the budget. We looked at economic realities to make that case. Yes. There are economic realities that make timed exclusivity very appealing. Very appealing. You get you get the marketing shouldered by a big company like PlayStation. You get to limit the scope of the project, which brings it to market faster. It simplifies QA. It simplifies bug squashing. It simplifies optimization. Like, time exclusivity is good for developers. Yes, I believe you're going to see more of it. In fact, you're not going to like this. If the Activision Blizzard deal goes through, you're going to see more exclusives in general. You're going to see more exclusives in general. Gaming is trending thanks to all this drama outside of actually playing any video games. Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) Gaming is trending because of a court case. Sure. Guys, there's over a thousand people here. We should easily have 500 likes by now. I need anybody who hasn't smashed the like button right now. Take the time to do it. We could easily get 120 likes in the blink of an eye. Everybody take a second. Minimize chat. Hit that thumbs up. It helps the video. It helps me. Keep gifting members. There's a 20-bomb layup just waiting here for some big boy to flex. We've got to get our members back up high this week. I'm gone next week on uh, on vacation, all right? Let's 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 get back up to the three grand mark. My, uh, my ideal reality is Microsoft going the way of Sega and Game Pass going on PlayStation. What? But you can't claim it's a good thing and act like it's Microsoft's fault. It's happening. I'm not tracking with your logic. I'm not saying that timed exclusivity is Microsoft's fault. I said exclusivity will increase, and that will be Microsoft's fault. 
you're going to get less third-party games on Xbox. Just write that down. That this deal is not going to be invitive, inviting anybody who's not in ABK or Bethesda. That's not inviting. Who wants to go to that platform? It's basically going to become an Activision Bethesda platform. Brat with a $10 super chat. That's a potential reality where third-party publishers have to compete with a cheap library of content on a platform where consumers have been conditioned to not buy content. That's exactly right, Brap. That's what I've been trying to say this entire time. You Nobody, see, you think you just got a W, and if you turn it sideways real nice, it turns into an L. If you look at this from any other angle, all you're going to get are games that were already coming to the market and you just don't have to buy them. That's it. You're creating realities within the economic structure of gaming that will push developers and publishers away from Microsoft. Microsoft will just buy that party. And you, do you think, oh, what if that's the case? What if they have to do that? They just start buying up publishers and developers. Just like with Bethesda, they're like, well, they're just going to go to PlayStation. The only way to stop that is to buy the parent company. Do you think that was good? you think that was good for those products? Have you seen the PC requirements for Starfield? you think that thing's going to run well? you think that was good for the development of Starfield? This discussion sounds like 95% of Xbox owners have Game Pass and don't pay out of pocket for games. Well, I don't I don't think that that's true, Zubair. I'm addressing the people cheering for it. Obviously, I cannot address the guy, uh, you know, that the percentage of the consumer base that doesn't have Game Pass, I can't really address him. The people that are cheering for this are all Game Pass drum pounders. They think it's the most amazing thing ever. More games on Game Pass. Doom, 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 doom. They just pound that drum. Oh, do you not buy Game Pass if you're on Xbox? Grant Gooch, there's about 25 million on console that have it, and Phil Spencer believes they're pretty much at saturation there. So there's a percentage of the consumer base that's just not doing it for whatever reason. There are people who are averse to subscription because they forget to cancel it. They're averse to subscription because they know they don't own it. They're averse to subscription because uh, I don't know. Maybe they don't see the value. Maybe they play one or two games, and they look at Game Pass and they just feel paralysis. It's like when you go to Netflix and you can't pick anything to watch. You go to Game Pass and it's like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna play? It's like I can't. It's so much. That can be a good and a bad thing. I mean, my kids love it. It's the most common thing I've heard lately. <laughs> the reason people love Game Pass is because they have kids. <laughs> I don't have to buy any games, man. Just go install another one. You know, Timmy. It's a pretty high percentage of Xbox owners. It is a high percentage, but it also is not all of them, for sure. It's not 95%. I don't know what the percentage is, but Game Pass is compelling. It's an amazing value. Here's where people miss the mark. Game Pass is currently an amazing value because it is full of games that were made in a buy-to-play market. Fast forward 10 years, when games are no longer being made for a buy-to-play market, you have a bunch of first-party studios who are making games for a subscription funnel. The value will shift down. The value of Xbox games already has shifted down. All you gotta do is look at Halo. That's the one game that should give you the most pause about this. And where are the rest of the games? What are we gonna say 
about Fable and Avowed if they're not great, if they struggle, if they're not... I mean, Avowed doesn't even look next-gen. It doesn't even look next-gen. What, what's a, what's Oh, so maybe Fable will carry the next-gen banner. If Hellblade 2 carries the next-gen banner, that's just another acquisition. That was a game already in production. That was a game already planned. Patrick with $5 Super Chat. I think the only way Microsoft makes a return is to make games a Game Pass exclusive. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with what I said about third party. I'm not sure what you said. Are you saying you agree with me about third party? Anyway, what if Microsoft makes games Game Pass exclusive? Wait, are you saying to me that what if they tell their Xbox consumer base, you can't buy this game, you can only get it on Game Pass? I actually think that's the plan. (laughs) I think that's the plan. They've made that very clear. Their goal here is not the console. Their goal is the ecosystem. Their goal is cloud. I believe there will be a reality in the future where Microsoft first-party titles, it's a subscription, baby. They referred to who could become the Disney of gaming. I think their plan is to become the Disney or whatever of gaming. I think that's what they want. They don't want you buying games. They want you on a subscription funnel because then you cannot ever leave. You're stuck. It's just like right now with like Microsoft Office. The other day I tried to buy video editing software. I couldn't buy the software. It was only available on subscription. That's where software is going. Why? It's amazing residual income. It's amazing. You just keep getting money from people. <laughs> That's the goal. And they'll loss lead their way to that. They'll lose money for the next 20 years to get there. They've made that crystal clear. They're willing to lose money all the way to that reality because they know what it turns into. It turns into market control. It turns into consumers that are locked in. You think, where are you going to go? All your stuff is here. You don't own anything anymore. You got to keep paying me. Creature with 27 months of membership. What happens when it changes from get it on Game Pass to get it only on Game Pass? That is not a win. I agree. That's also not a win. Yo, a VIP uh, membership from PlayStation Experience. If you guys want to talk in my chat right now, you have got to hit the join button or the dollar sign. My guys stopped gifting. They did. There were haters amongst us, so they didn't want to gift. I think you guys are safe to gift, by the way. I don't, I, I don't think you have to worry about that. I count that as a two, so that's 57 out of 75 on the member goal. Thank you very, very much, PlayStation Experience. I don't know when a vow's going to drop. Loss of choice. Like, loss of choice... And, and forcing people to submodel, that's not good for the consumer. That's harm to the consumer. And that's that's where I believe that we're headed. Parasito with a $5 super chat tip. Could this kill console indie devs? They could need to be a big they could need a big publisher or release to PC for funding for the barrier of entry. PC release for non-Microsoft titles. Yeah, I think indies are gonna find a safe haven on Nintendo and uh, Switch. I think they'll be just fine. Yo, Patrick, thank you for jumping in. I guess you can talk through Super Chat, but you can just become a member and chat as much as you want. It's a lot cheaper than continuing to give me Super Chats. And then a gifted membership from Joker pushes us to 59. Thank you so much, Joker, and welcome on in, Patrick. Guys, if you're one of the lucky people that got gifted a member today or you decide to do your own member, get into my Discord. It is now 100% members only. 
that general chat's gone. I, there was no reason to let people go in there and ping me and talk to me. It's like, no, 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 no. No, get into our community. I, I don't want randoms being able to say nonsense to me throughout the day. Twitter's enough of that as it is. I don't need my Discord being that. ISPs have gotten away from contracts. Bad comparison. I'm not sure who brought up ISPs and how. I didn't see that. Butter says, As a dev, I know I can't make money selling my game on Xbox, so I'm making my game free to play and charging massive amounts for in-game purchases. I'm telling you, Butters, devs aren't even going to do that. I believe indies are going to flock to Steam, Sony, Nintendo. You know, the, the the rumors about the Nintendo Switch are it's coming sooner than later. It looks like it's going to be able to harness, you know, DLSS. It's going to be a nice device. It's going to be perfect for indies, man. Little indie rogues. I mean, things like that. I I can't I can't see indies being in trouble because of like let's be honest, Microsoft is not a compelling platform. It isn't. ID at Xbox is great, but ID at Xbox stands under the shadow of Game Pass. DK Baker gives a membership and rounds things out at 60, putting us 15 away from the 75. Great shirt, thank you. Yeah, you guys that like my shirt, there's a shirt command that... Oh, Nightbot probably can't do any of the commands right now. Um, oh, Nightbot can still talk, that's awesome. I guess mods can still talk when we set it to members only chat. Let's invert this, says Zubair. Let's say the deal didn't happen. Let's pretend ABK made their own hardware for their games. Would people buy that box? Um, I don't think so, Zubair, because it's people already have boxes. If you could only play Call of Duty on their box... I don't, number one, I don't think they would do that because that would be such an amazing, massive loss of revenue. Like, they don't have a vested interest in doing that. Your hypothetical is hard to wrangle to the ground because there's a lot of intangibles there. Like, okay, has Call of Duty existed up to now and then they suddenly do this? Is this how they grew Call of Duty? Uh, is this the only place you can play Call of Duty? I have more questions than I do answers to that that hypothetical. I don't think people would. They would just keep playing. Indies will just join ID at Xbox. Indies will find no problem on Xbox. But again, Gilly, if you go over there at ID at Xbox, and again, if you're competing with Game Pass, I've continued to say that what they should do with Game Pass is they should fold ID at Xbox into Game Pass and constantly put demos of Indies so that you foster people buying Indies. Does that make sense? Nobody's buying up indies. We already know what Sony fans buy, just like Microsoft's guys. Same games at the top every year. Indies are just happy to get eyes on their game. I don't know. I feel like there's been some very successful indies lately that, like, Stray would be an example of a smaller title indie that leveraged some timed exclusivity, you know, leveraged some of that marketing from PlayStation, and now it's getting to come to Xbox. Stray got nominations. Like, Stray did very well. Uh, I think there's been a handful of other games too that did very well. Chia, Chia was 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 a small studio, was it not? That wasn't AAA. That might have been Double A. I, th- I believe that was an indie as well. Abe says, "Let's say the game plan is games to be Game Pass exclusives. Along with that, the price of Game Pass gets bumped to about thirty bucks a month. 
People are essentially paying for a AAA game every two months. They could, in theory, pay the devs a bigger lump sum that could possibly incentivize devs to continue putting their games on Game Pass. Paying for a AAA game every two months is more than the average gamer does. Could that not work out? Yeah, but is that good for the consumer, Abe? Being, being, have, having choice removed and paying that much money. Yeah, Sifu did well. Cana Bridge of Spirits did well. I, I, I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think indies have done quite well recently. I mean, what was the one? Um, Death's Door sold a hundred thousand copies on Steam week one, and then they were able to bring the game to other platforms. I don't think indies are in trouble. I don't think I don't think indies are in trouble. You have members that pay you for your content, but Microsoft want members for Game Pass. You a hypocrite, and you're banned. I think you need to go look up hypocrisy. You need to go look it up. I've I've never taken an issue with subservice. I've taken an issue with what subservice will do to game quality. If all of a sudden I made all of my content members only, you'd have an argument. 90% of my content is not members only, though. The folks at Digital Foundry chat say this about Synapse and the PSVR 2. He explains why PSVR 2 owners should be excited and how there's lots to enjoy and play right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a good shout out from John Linneman. Yeah, from a guy who doesn't pay for members' content. Yeah, you got a gifted membership. (laughs) Uh. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, creature. Indies get hard cash for being on Game Pass. Well, no, now here's the thing, Ika Gang. Right? Here's the thing. Lona loves subbing. I do. I do love subbing. I hope you had a fun time the other night. I was I was uh, I was happy for you. I would have loved to have been there. Freaking blink. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Indies take a fr- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ikka gang. Here's something to consider. I wonder if if they get let's just say Microsoft gets ABK. It's looking like they're gonna get ABK. Let's just say they get the, they get them. It's very likely this goes forward, okay? The chances of block just get lower and lower every day. Yo, Borbs with five gifted members setting up the 10 bomb layup. 65 out of 75. Let's see if anybody decides to slam it home. Send you a video from our seats. Nice. So, my perspective on this is that if this deal goes through, you will see ecosystem shift at Xbox. Right? You'll see ecosystem shift. Why? It, it would make less sense at that point for Microsoft to be giving money to indie studios for Game Pass because Game Pass will be busting at the seams with value. Does that make sense? If... I'm trying to think of an analogy. If you suddenly landed a really big contract with a really big company and that was the most important customer you had, yeah, those smaller projects might not get your priority. You might you might you might start giving them less priority. They might start offering less money to indies. Why? Well, they're less impactful. We don't need them. We have we have ABK. We have Bethesda. Like think of the cadence that Microsoft can hit 
if they get Activision Blizzard and then Bethesda games start coming out, right? Another Doom comes out. Uh, you know, Elder Scrolls 6. And then whatever in the world Activision's got cooking. And if people are correct in their pushback to me this morning, they're like, we're going to get more than just the ability to save money, Lono. We're going to get exclusives. Okay, I'll grant your point. You're going to get ABK exclusives. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I feel that Microsoft will deprioritize indies heavily. Why would they need to do that? That doesn't seem scandalous to say. What priority would indie titles have in that ocean of Bethesda and ABK property? If Diablo 4 is on Game Pass, you aren't going to be playing small indie games. Right. Games like Diablo stand so tall. That's a good point, Brooklyn Breed. You got to understand that when something like Call of Duty hits the market, something like Diablo, it's tectonic. It's like a black hole. Look at the way marketing adjusts around big game launches. People are like, oh, no, no, no. We don't want to launch in that month. Holy cow. And then they completely shift and adjust. There's been strategic delays about that very thing Xbox has two tiers of competition now the main store and game pass yeah if you don't go on game pass you're you're hoping that an ecosystem where someone can play Diablo on a sub all those people who are already subbed to game pass are going to look at the store I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they don't even look at the storefront why would they what do you think the average click rate on the storefront is for, for Game Pass holders? What do you think? What do you think? How often do you think they go to the store on the Xbox and be like, is there anything in here I want to buy? They'd be like, but buy? Why would I buy anything? I have Game Pass. Yeah, let's launch the week of Starfield. Yeah, Baldur's Gate shipping early because of Starfield. That's exactly right. Games of this size, they have pull. And they, I'm telling you, <laughs> I really don't think this is the win everybody thinks it is. Like, I, I have every console. I have every console. So the biggest thing I stand to lose here is quality and number of games. Because Microsoft could choose to shutter studios and projects because that's very likely to happen after an acquisition of this size. That's very likely. I'm not being doomsday. That's extremely likely. Okay, Embracer just did it themselves. So very likely that we lose a lot of games in the process. And it's very likely that we lose game quality because now every studio, every project, every game that underneath Activision Blizzard's you know, umbrella, it all has to be essentially built for the Series S. That doesn't help me. It doesn't. That doesn't help me as a gamer. More, more games hitting Game Pass. Okay, cool. That that doesn't really help me as a gamer. It was coming to the. It was It was coming to the to the to the market anyway. If I was Microsoft, what I would do is give two free months of thirty dollars a month Game Pass with every ABK game purchase. Just give them. Just get them in the door. That's very one basic synergies of a merger. I still don't understand how this is a win for any gamer, says Brooklyn Breed. It would be different if the new Call of Duty would hit Game Pass, but we know that isn't true. According to the timeline of the documents, Call of Duty won't be on Game Pass till like 2025. It wouldn't surprise me if there's other contingencies very similar to that. It would would not shock me if like Diablo 4 doesn't hit Game Pass for, I don't know, six months or something. 
I'm not I'm not trying to say this you're not going to get your games on Game Pass. I'm saying it's not going to be immediate. I just don't think it's going to be immediate. I think they will. I mean, that's the plan, right? The plan is let's just imagine, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. 12 months, 24 months from now, every ABK game starts landing on Game Pass. That's a nice that's a nice win. It is. If you're on Game Pass, baby, you're eating good. But the issue is long-term. What are the ramifications of this? All those games already build for the S? That's the standard to release on Xbox? Nothing's going to change? Are you sure about that, Gilly? You sure about that? Because Starfield was headed to PS5 exclusivity. You sure? You sure that a company the size of Activision Blizzard? You're confident that every project coming to market was already building for the S? No. Severely doubt that. Any company right now, any dev team under Activision Blizzard's ownership that was trying to push next-gen power was not building for the S. No way. How many games right now do you think are in production that were ignoring the S? Maybe time exclusivity for PS5, like Deathloop and Ghostwire? I mean... There's no, there's literally no way that that's true. That like every single title, every single project currently in development is like, no, yeah, we're building for the S. Are you freaking kidding me? No. The market's demonstrating that people don't want to do that. Devs don't want to do that. We just did a story the other day from the Baldur's Gate interview and IGN said more and more studios are trying to skip the S. More and more studios are trying to skip the S. And you think Activision Blizzard right now, every project is like, oh no, yeah, we're building for the S. No. No. Well, it is now. <laughs> I mean, it's true, Jake. It's true. If the, the, the ink dries on this contract and every project under ABK immediately has to deal with the S whether they like it or not that's not good for me as a consumer that's not good for anybody who doesn't own an S you're going to hamstring an entire publisher I'm, I'm very sure of that Starfield would have been 30 FPS on PS5 I'm not talking about that Still firmly believe that if you can build the game to play on PC potato hardware, it'll also run on the S. Three lead engineers, three lead engineers at id Software firmly disagree with you, Gilly. I'm 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 gonna trust their input on development. That it's not that simple. It isn't. It is not that simple. It's not as simple as just oh yeah, just lower things for for a weaker PC. They're on record saying it's not that simple. Number one, that's not even true. Number two, the, the the memory is more severe of a bottleneck than just, oh, it's a weaker graphics card. Give people the option to turn textures off and stuff. It's, it's, it's not that simple. The developers have all but said that. If it was that simple, homie, like, would Baldur's Gate 3 be sitting here being like, yeah, we can't get split screen to work. <laughs> yeah, split screen to work. Xbox engineers are having to help. Baldur's Gate 3, Larian has to be helped by Xbox. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
COD will no longer be a yearly release because of the S. Why the Series S deal said Nintendo? That's going to be worse. Listen. If you th- listen to me, listen to me. If you think Call of Duty is landing on the current Nintendo Switch, I have a bridge to sell you. That's not happening. They didn't consult with Bobby Kotick. They didn't consult with Activision developers. The executive at Nintendo hadn't even didn't even know the details of the deal. The CFO of Xbox said they didn't even crunch the financials. That isn't happening. It was a hand wave. It was a red herring. The next switch? Sure. Maybe. I'll give you a maybe. I'll give you a maybe. It's very easy for Microsoft to come out in a year or two and say, look, we we really value Call of Duty. We really value the consumer's experience. And we can't get Call of Duty to the place where it runs well on the Nintendo Switch. For the sake of the consumer, we're not doing it. It's going to be Mobile COD. I mean, that's always a distinct possibility. I mean, there is Mobile COD. I don't... I mean, I... <laughs> even freaking Christmas. <laughs> what a... What a riot that would be. <laughs> In a stunning turn of events, <laughs> Microsoft's commitment to bring Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch, they actually meant mobile. <laughs> Isn't half a COD players on COD Mobile? Th- yeah, COD Mobile is huge. It is, Gilly. So the switch, the switch consumer. <laughs> Look at that! I'm sorry. I'm 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 trying. This is this is humorous to me. You think that the switch consumer base is gonna play COD Mobile? Look at what sells on the Nintendo Switch. You think that market's buying COD Mobile? <laughs> Come on, man. Mo- Call of Duty Mobile is huge. It is. Nintendo Switch users, I don't think they're buying. <laughs> I don't think they're buying COD Mobile. No way. That market has a clear bent to first-party Nintendo property, and you know what's the other and Splatoon? Like they don't. <laughs> <laughs> COD Mobile would be massive on Switch. I I don't think so. I really really don't. I don't think that market would support it. I d- listen listen. If Call of Duty Mobile would be successful on Switch, it would already be there. It would already be there. The market research from Activision probably determined that that would not work. You don't think that the processing power of the Switch, the processing power of the Switch could run COD Mobile. You don't think Activision's already run those numbers? Now, Bobby Kotick admitted that he made a mistake by not putting Call of Duty over there. Call of Duty Mobile's free? Sure. I don't think they would play it, Cliffo. That's the point. I don't think they would play it. It's like, it's, it's, I don't think that market, I don't think the Switch consumer base is interested in it. They're not. If they were... If demand was there, Call of Duty Mobile would be on the Switch. But he said he made a mistake. He did. He said he made a mistake because of the market saturation. Now, D-Tom, he didn't say this, 
But I would imagine what he was saying is, we could have built a COD for the Switch. That thing's huge. The danger now is, you have 120 million in circulation, and for the last seven years, they've never had a Call of Duty. You think turning that rudder will be easy? I don't think so. I don't think the demand for Call of Duty over there will be very high. Why? The market of Call of Duty has settled into funnels. Mobile, PS5, PC, Xbox. Xbox is bringing up the rear, right? Well, maybe PC is bringing up the rear. I can't remember which one. Xbox and PC are back at the back. I think filling the Nintendo Switch funnel with Call of Duty would be very difficult. I don't think the demand would be there. Why not put it there just because? Because they would do cost-risk assessment and they would decide whether or not it would be profitable to dev, optimize, support, build server infrastructure. You you really want to play? on? Have you ever played a Nintendo Switch game online? <laughs> you ever played a Nintendo Switch game online? You can't play bowling without it lagging. You want to play Call of Duty? The, the, the infrastructure is bad. They, they would do cost-risk assessment. They would say, are we going to make any money over there? If it runs poorly, that's why I said when the CFO revealed they hadn't even crunched the numbers, I was like, that's bogus. There's not, he's like, oh, there's only upside to putting it there. That's not true at all. If you put it over there and it runs like garbage and the infrastructure is terrible and it's laggy and no one plays it and it doesn't generate enough profit and you lose money, there are, there are literal projections that would met that out where you put COD on Switch and you lose money. Uh, the potential consumer base needed infrastructure support come on and the lag is so terrible you like I said you can't play you can't play bowling without it lagging dj steph says hey lono is the xbox series x more powerful than the ps4 yeah the xbox series x is fine it's fine it's a strong machine Yeah, it would make the entire COD franchise look bad. That's exactly right, Bard. Like, I don't think people understand. COD's not coming to Switch, man. It's not. It's not. They didn't even... (laughs) How serious do you think Microsoft is about that? How serious? They didn't model any economics of it. They didn't talk to Activision or Bobby Kotick. They didn't talk to the devs. The Nintendo executive wasn't even familiar with the contract deals. <laughs> how, how serious do you think they are? Apex Legends works on Switch. Dude, anytime I played anything on the Switch online is super laggy. So somebody would have to, you'd have to show me a pattern of Apex Legends running well on the Switch with respect to lag. I'm not saying that you can't bring down the version to mobile quality and get it to run on the Switch. My, my concern would be latency. I mean, Bobby Kotick said on record that you wouldn't want to play COD on the cloud. They didn't, Eugene. They did not. I went back and re-listened, uh, I went back and re-listened to my CFO coverage. They didn't model any of the cloud deals either. That's extremely telling. Microsoft didn't model the economic impact of any of the cloud deals. Just how serious do you think those contracts are? They didn't even they didn't even model for them. 
They just wrote them up, drew them up, shoved them out there, and said, oh, no, 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 yeah, we'll, 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 we'll put games on these cloud services. Yeah, 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 yeah. They retain all the revenue from those deals. Oh, you meant the S? Is the S stronger than a PS4? Yeah. It's a be- it's better to make a comparison between the S and the One X. The One X actually has more memory, and there's a couple of things it can do better than the S. But then the Series S can do some things better than the One X. It gets confusing. It the, the Series S is just it's a disaster in, in my estimation of hardware. It why does it exist? They wanted a low cost entry. <clears throat> I highly doubt the Series S is stronger than the PS4. I highly doubt you would really want to put those two against each other. It wouldn't prove anything. On the word of cloud gaming, maybe Microsoft tones down on console and invests money into internet infrastructure in the country and they start making cloud-capable products instead of Xbox. I mean, Solemn, they admitted in the documents that they allocated more raw materials. They allocated more raw materials to cloud than the Series X. The Series X is not a priority. Uh, Next-gen power is not a priority. I think people just don't... I'm telling you, man, I don't think people see the big picture. It's it's so, to me, as somebody who bought the Series X, I, I have so little confidence in Xbox going forward as a gaming platform. I don't. I just don't. They're just going to brute force content onto Game Pass. That doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. This is good for all consumers. I'm included in that bunch, and no, it's not good for me. It's not. You're going to lower the quality of games. All those games have to be built for the S now. All those games have to hit a cadence to feed uh, a subscription model. All those games were already coming to market. That doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. I don't benefit as a consumer from this in the least bit. The only people who benefit from this are people who own the Series S and people who really, really like not buying video games. In my estimation, those consumers are not consumers that I care about satisfying. I want money going into the infrastructure. I want money going into the studios. I want money going into a cycle of investment and reinvestment. Stone Spire drops a five bomb on the chat. One of the big boys is here. This guy went nuts last month, taking us to 70 out of 75. Thank you so much, Stone Spire. And don't invest in the system. Too late. I bought a Series X. What do you mean? What what do you mean? It's too late. I bought I bought in. I I have the hardware. Did my I think my chat just broke. Nope. Chat's just at a total standstill with one of the five gifted members hitting. What is going on? Did did chat just 100% die? We have a thousand people here. There's no way chat just stopped. <laughs> YouTube? Hey, YouTube. You doing okay today, YouTube? I got nothing, chat. I have Wolverine. I have Wolverine getting a gifted member. I have nothing else. Let me refresh one more time. Nothing. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Oh, there it goes. It's catching up with itself. Oh, golly. <laughs> oh, oh, it went. It went. Abe gifted five more. Oh my gosh, what is happening? It was literally just stuck. And then it was like... 
Hold. <laughs> Whoa! Ghost in the Garage Gaming! Abe takes us to 75! And Ghost in the Garage Gaming takes us to 95 members with a 20 bomb. He says, I'll unstick the chat. I'll punch it with a 20 bomb of members. Jeepers, that was weird. It was so awkward. I was like, hello? <laughs> Is there anybody out there? Like, hello, what's happening? Yo, five more gifted members from Dodevas. He takes us to 100. 100 even. Let me give you guys a member count. Let's try to get it back to 3K today. Five more from Stone Spire. Sets it at the 105 out of 125. He sets up the opportunity for a 20-bomb layup. Thank you so much for that. Let me check back here and give you guys a member count. You are at 2,700. You bounced it back a little bit. You guys must have gone crazy. What was 30 days ago? Hang on. What was 30 days ago? Today's the 12th. Let me look. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys went nuts on the 11th and the 12th last month. Another gifted member. 106 on the day. From Zinthos. Oh my good golly. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, super hot VR gameplay on the Pico 4 is an absolute blast. I walked through all the reasons in my super hot VR review and why it's extra special on the Pico. This is not a paid for video. This is my honest opinion about super hot gameplay on a VR unit. Um, Ghost says I can help 156 members he drops a 50 bomb and bumps us all the way to 156 members Ghost in the garage gaming is like brother I will get us back there Lono gonna yell Oh, I thought that was a correction, Donnie. I put that in the show open. I said, I don't think CNBC's uh, reporting was accurate. The CMA apparently has not agreed to Microsoft's divestiture offer per CNBC. Correction. Microsoft offered a small divestiture to the CMA to address the regulator's concerns. An earlier version misstated the status of the offer. Yeah, it said that they had come to an agreement. It, it said that it had come to an agreement, and I was like, uh, no, I, I just read the CMA statement on this. They did not come to an agreement. I, I don't I don't see evidence of that. I do not see evidence of that. All right, we got the super hot review on VR. We'll set that. Uh, we'll set that for noon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll set that for noon today. That's in 40 minutes, and that'll put us at past the two hour mark hang on hang on in 40 minutes we will be um at 220 okay yeah why don't we go why don't we go a little bit long we, we, we I'm, I'm gonna give us some wiggle room here 
I'm going to give us some wiggle room. I'm going to set it for 1230 just in case. My chat's messed up. It's full of people getting memberships. <laughs> uh, guys, as a reminder, as a reminder, if you got a gifted membership, you can get into our members-only Discord. I will be out of town next week, but there will be uploads every day that I'm gone. I recorded a really good one last night about Halo. Bert says, I give up. Bert, what are you trying to say? Series S is fine. I don't want to waste too much, and that's completely fine. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean you don't want to waste too much, Bert? Alapark says, Look at the quality coming out of the Star Wars game because of Disney's release every six months requirement. Why should we think Game Pass is going to be every any different? Alapark, that's a that's a that's a wonderful wonderfully made point. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Like, why do you think, like, the Disney requirement of we want a new Star Wars game every six months, and look what the frick it did to Jedi Survivor. And that's the kind of game cadence that you're likely going to get. Right? Uh, FTC lost debrief. We're going to do a members-only debrief today. Uh, and we'll probably do that one at uh, 12.45. It just won't end. It's right. It just won't end. Members only. I'll set it for 12.45 schedule. <clears throat> New Halo video. Next week, Hilly. Next week. I have a video on how to save Halo. And you'll have to wait for it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you anything more than that. I'm not going to tell you any more than that. Um... Yeah, this video is not going to need any help. So I'm going to loop people back to the the super hot. And then I'm going to go in here and I'm going to edit this and I'm going to redirect people to the members only. Okay, that's right. Boom, done. Okay, we're good. We're set. We can keep talking. I'm just not going to support Microsoft at this point. All right, let me let's let's change. Let's change the topic just slightly. I saw some doomsday comments on Twitter and my my comments like that's the end of gaming, you know, rest in peace gaming. I don't think it's that dire, okay? I don't think it's that dire. I'm obviously not happy with the results. I wanted the preliminary injunction to be granted. I want the deal to be blocked, okay? Historically speaking, when you look at consolidation at this level and you look at what it does, right? I'm so glad we said it to members only. We don't have, we didn't get, we've not, not a single new sub today, primarily the main audience, right? Like all the haters just come to watch and talk crap and then they unsub and leave. So we made the right choice, right? We made the right choice. Um, I would much rather talk with, with the, with the, with the core base of viewers here than have people just come in and hurl insults. Um, Six out of ten players have reported that had they had at least once not chosen not to spend money in a game because of how the other players treated them. Really, three months from Ghost in the Garage Gaming. Lono, have a great uh, vacation, great video and topic. Thank you so much, Ghost in the Garage Gaming. I appreciate it. I appreciate your insane generosity, homie. Seriously, thank you so much. Just, just really, really, you and 
and uh, Stone Spire and YouTube Lurker and some of the big, big member drops, man. You guys have just been absolutely crushing it. And uh, I, I, I greatly appreciate it, okay? We're at 2745. We're well on our way back to three, three grand. I want to know something. RE4 Remake is having several issues with textures. Anyone else have that problem? I've not, I've not heard anything about that. The difference in chat, there are certain names I was expecting for sure enough. Way more chill. Yes. Imagine the number of hater numbers had it not been. Uh, thank you for the two-spot, William Lewis. Actually, when I went members only, it our viewership went up. I thought our viewership was going to go down when I turned it on. When I turned on members only chat, I thought, yeah, we're going to lose a bunch of viewers. We shot up by about 100. So, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> Shut up, Abe. Thanks, Abe, for all your generosity. Everybody gifted members. You guys are seriously the best. Seriously. It's entertaining seeing you blow up and destroy haters every now and then. I just didn't want to do that today. I don't want to talk to those people. They just bait you with bad faith statements, and then I waste 15 minutes on them. I felt like the conversation today flowed so much better. We didn't get stuck on anything. We've gotten to move through all these various topics and aspects of what might happen, what we think. Like, I think that's far more enjoyable, right? I, I don't I don't have an interest in getting lost in the weeds with bad faith arguments. It's just exhausting. And then they just clip you out of context and, oh, look at this guy. Like, come on. They can still clip out of context without talking. Right, but it's a lot harder to make me get all wound up on a bad faith take. If You can't do that if you can't talk. Stone Spire with a $2 super chat. Members only was definitely the right call. Keep your blood pressure down. I mean, my blood pressure is fine. Uh, numbers probably went up because loyal members didn't want to hear from the Xbox diehards. Funny how even some members bounced too. They're probably waiting for a gifted. I mean, maybe, maybe. Listen, the point is, is that I want to have discussions and we've had plenty of disagreements this morning. Even when we went members only, plenty of people were in here disagreeing with me, pushing back on Series S. People were disagreeing with me about third-party exclusivity. People were disagreeing with me about time exclusivity. People were disagreeing with me about uh, you know companies avoiding Xbox. Disagreeing with like, oh no, they're going to have to build for the Series S. Plenty of people have disagreed with me this morning. Even when we go members only, there's still great conversations to be had. Once you signal you're not dealing with that crap, they leave. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I guess it's the the, the fun leaves. They, that's the fun that they want to have. I appreciate your call today, so don't get me wrong. I'm just saying the occasional blow-up can be entertaining. <laughs> I I feel like this has been one of the best conversations we've had about this. And we've had... How long has it been? An hour and 48 minutes of lots of disagreement. It didn't turn it into an echo chamber. It allowed us to actually talk, right? Like... <laughs> Anytime we're at that viewership threshold and that kind of nonsense is going on, like every five lines was somebody saying, cope, cope, pony, cope. And it's like, get the frick out of here. We're t- the adults are trying to talk, you child. Like, we don't get out of here. Like, I did a 30-minute show open in which I said, I agreed with the judge, I disagree with the judge, the FTC was weak, the FTC failed, and I'm told that that's coping. I'm like, what? I don't even think you know what that word means. I think I disagree with most, if not all, of your takes, but I've always found the conversation and discussion compelling. I appreciate that, Lewis. I love the discussion with members only. Uh, We all have good input. Yeah, I thought pushback was fine today. I I thought the pushback that, like, oh, we'll get exclusives, Lono. 
okay. I, buddy, I hope you're right. I really, really hope you're right. Here's, here's the beauty of this situation. If I'm wrong, the people today that push back and say, this is better for the consumer, more people are going to get Call of Duty, it's not going to hurt quality, we're going we're gonna to get more, more exclusives, Lono. Great. Awesome. That doesn't hurt me at all. I, I hope you're right. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I think what I I think what I predicted, what other people predicted, I think that's where we're headed. I think all of those things come to fruition. I don't think we end up with higher quality games. I don't think we end up with a bunch of great next-gen titles. I don't. I don't think that happens. If you're right, then great. I'll, I'll get to be like, hey man, Microsoft really turned it around. Look at all these amazing next-gen games. Look at all these amazing exclusives. I have a very strong inclination. I will never be saying that. It's because you're a pony. No. If Hellblade 2 comes out, it's amazing. If Fable comes out, it's amazing. Buddy, I will be the first to say, oh my gosh, we finally did it. We finally got some next-gen games. We finally got... My Series X is is finally getting to show off its power. Right now, I'm, I'm looking at the PC requirements of Starfield and thinking, okay, I gotta, I gotta buy a beast. My Series X is just going to sit there dormant for even more. I thought they hated exclusives. Yeah, I mean, if Satya Nadella gets his way, there won't be exclusives. He doesn't want that. If Lono is wrong, it'll only benefit to Xbox consumers and the gaming consumer base. We all should want Lono to be wrong. You should. Uh, That's well stated, Gilly. You you should really hope I'm wrong. I hope that guy's wrong. Because if he's right, this deal's not very good for anybody. If I'm wrong, and... Well, Hellblade's not going to be the best example. I think the best example will be Fable and the games post-acquisition. Like, games that come out from ABK after acquisition. I was wondering why the FTC didn't think of bringing a big YouTube streamer to testify on behalf of the consumers... If the deal is about protecting us, then why has no consumer been asked to stand? Well, because I think the problem there, Deadly Dad Gaming, is it would be dismissed as anecdotal. They don't want to hear testimonials from consumers. They want data, fact, and law to determine the outcome of the case. So you have to argue within the confines of that. You can't be like, well, here's a gamer that doesn't like this. That's not compelling. What's compelling is fact. Right, you need to be an expert. Yeah, that and that's what they tried to do with their twenty percent model. They tried to bring in an expert to say and to model with fact this will harm consumers. That's what they need to argue and compel the judge to see what's good. Brown excellence. They didn't do that. They didn't. If they now, now listen, I feel like they lost when they didn't push back on Dr. Carlton. Dr. Carlton dismantles or criticizes what Dr. Lee argued for the 20%. And the FTC let that go uncontested. That, at least in my estimation, is concession. You're conceding that you don't have a comeback. I think that's when the FTC lost. That's the moment. They still had a chance if they would have pushed back and made good substantive arguments as a counterpoint to what Dr. Carlton said. They didn't do that. 
So, so you just conceded that one of the strongest parts of your argument, you can't defend it. Like that's, I think that was the that was the huge, huge you know linchpin for the FTC not getting their their preliminary injunction. The judge looks at that and says, "You guys didn't have an answer for anything this guy said." So it stands uncontested. It's for me. I don't support uh, Microsoft Xbox. So unfortunately, I won't be buying more uh, future COD titles. I uh, better get uh, a D two and Battlefield. Techno says. I hate exclusives for one simple reason. I want my entire library in one place on the system that I want. It's inconvenient for me to manage a bare minimum of four libraries for consoles and PC. I mean, I get that. Maintaining a library is one of the reasons why I don't think PlayStation users will jump ship if Call of Duty goes to Game Pass. I've never found that argumentation to be compelling from Sony. I'm like, I don't think people are going to do that. I'm having an amusing mental image of Microsoft challenging Lono's expertise on the stand and Lono defending himself by citing his successful Dark Roast Coffee and T-shirt sponsorships. <laughs> but, but your honor, have you tried Reforge Roast? <laughs> the witness is not here to promote his own products. He is here to, to help establish the merits of the case. <laughs> Yes, but ReforgeRoast.com will clearly show you <laughs> that balanced acidity <laughs> that would be that would be hilarious. William Lewis with the five dollar super chat tip. If the deal goes through, would love to see them revive a game like a new pitfall. I think if done correctly, it could be competition for Uncharted. Oh, I mean that would be super dope to do a modern day action adventure pitfall? That would be awesome. I would dig that. My primary concern is, William, Microsoft's demonstrated what they're going to do. Let me ask you something. Do we have any evidence that Microsoft bought ZeniMax and said, ha we have so much. Let's start investing in new property and, and new this. and let's in a, No, they said, what all you got? That's what you got? Okay, that's ours now. All right, see you guys later. It's already been modeled what the point is, what the goal is. The goal is not, we're going to buy all that property. We're going to innovate. We're going to create really new awesome titles. We're going to create really awesome new exclusives. No. Nope. They walked in the room, and they said, How you doing, ZeniMax? Everybody sit down. Hopefully everybody got a t-shirt. You're all on Team Xbox now. Okay, all right, yeah. You guys over there, what you working on? You're sketching out Elder Scrolls? Cool. Doom? Okay, Fallout? Cool. Starfield? Yep. Redfall? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, you? You? Cool, cool, cool. All of that? Exclusive to Xbox now. Okay, see you guys later. No, we don't have any more t-shirts. Just mouse pads. We'll see ya. That's it! That's the future. DK Baker and Abe with single gifted members bumping us to 157. A ton of su- ton of members today. William Lewis with a $2 super chat. Did say they would. I love to see it. Did say they would said would would I love to see it? I don't know. What? didn't say they would oh no 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 William I know you're not saying they would do that you're saying wouldn't it be awesome if they did this yes listen to what I'm saying Microsoft 
has proven for the last, I don't know, five or six years, innovation is not their goal. Their goal is to buy up property. They went from six studios to 23 in four years' time. They quadrupled. People are like, well, Sony buys studios. Yeah, and so does Microsoft, and that's their strategy. Look at the emails. Look how telling the emails are. The, the emails clearly paint a picture that Microsoft's strategy is, nope, with innovation, no. We're not going to out-console Sony. We're not going to drop a Starfield at 11 out of 10 and win the console war. No. What's their goal? Spend. That's their strategy. So That's why I keep telling people, if you think the Activision Blizzard deal is somehow going to benefit you, it's not. Because under a spending strategy, their goals are not what you're hoping for. Their goals will be limit cost, recoup cost, make profit. And the road to get there, they've clearly shown it's not through innovation, it's not through tech, it's not through big awesome first party next gen titles. It's not. The pattern is clear. Series S, hamstrung games, pushing games out, get them on Game Pass. Control the market through consolidation. Control the market, prevent the other guy from getting stuff by buying it. Oh, Starfield's going to be a PlayStation exclusive? We'll just buy Zenimax. Oh, Activision won't put stuff on Game Pass? We're going to have trouble competing with our subservice model that we came up with? Well, let's just buy ABK. Sometimes he speaks like we can control this. What's the solution? Oh, I'm not saying that we have any control over the outcome. I'm saying this is why I'm not in support of this. Microsoft's made it very clear what their strategy is. It's not one where I benefit from them buying ABK. Their purchase of ABK isn't going to result in a bunch of great new innovation, next-gen exclusives. No, they're buying product already coming to the market so they can they can pad Game Pass. That's, that's the goal. They want Game Pass and Cloud to have a library. The, the, the strategy's not creation. The strategy is acquisition. They're very different. Fozzie with 20 months. I'm hoping to see Microsoft keep games on all platforms, play for free with Game Pass, or pay to play elsewhere. We're not coming up with a plan of action. We're rubbing our opinions against each other. Right. I mean, how are you supposed to innovate on games if you don't have studios to do that? They own studios that already make games, and now they're getting playground games to go from Forza to making Fable. Okay, but hang on a second, Gilly. I'm not saying that they aren't bringing games to market. I'm saying they didn't innovate on the right things. Just just track with me here. The seedbed for their games, Gilly, is rocky ground. They didn't till the ground. They didn't... I just, I keep coming back to this. I can't stress this enough. If you look at what the Series S has done and will continue to do to games, I I cannot stress this enough. That's your future. That's your, that's your bare minimum is Series S. 
We can't get split screen to work in Halo Infinite. We can't get split screen to work in Baldur's Gate 3. Just how much else will we miss out on? Just how much else is going to have to be cut and left on the table because they got to build everything for the Series S? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Series S is a self-made Trojan horse, and now it's going to affect even more property and more studios. Never even They're never even going to have the option. They're asking to skip the S. And now they all have to build for it. As somebody who bought into this generation on the promises of Project Scarlet and the promises of the PS5, I'm saying, oh my gosh, a portion of the market just got gobbled up and has to go to the platform that misled me as a consumer and dropped the Series S and gave it priority. And the next-gen power in the Series X got deprioritized. Why? So they could give raw materials to cloud. Don't you don't you see what I'm saying? Like Microsoft doesn't care about you. They don't care about the promises to you. They don't care about power or 120 FPS or 4K or any of that. Their goal is Series S saturation as a catalyst to cloud, and they're going to feed the cloud, and they're going to feed Game Pass through mass consolidative efforts because that's how they edge into the market. That's their way in. That's not good for me, not good for consumers, not good for game quality. We all lose when they win this case. We lose. The people cheering for it are cheering for literally the most base level understanding of this. <laughs> Take the L, Sony ponies. <laughs> we get all these games on Game Pass. Okay. They were these games are already coming. What are you talking about? That's your big win? Oh, yeah. In two years, I get to save 60 bucks on Call of Duty. <laughs> Suck it, Sony ponies. What? That's your... That's your big... That's your big plan? That's your big win? I said it in my show open. The, the bar for excellence that people hold Xbox to, it's so low, all they have to do is offer you a deal. They don't, they don't, they're not giving you next-gen games, next-gen performance, innovative technology. What have they given you this generation? What? Promises. Just promises. And now, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll save some money. That's all you need is to save some money? I'd have the same energy if that's what Sony was offering me. Like, if so, like, look at my disappointment with the PlayStation Showcase as an example. My frustration with the PlayStation Showcase was not enough first party, not enough gameplay. I want to know what's coming. I want to know what it looks like. Why? That's my bar. That's my bar as a consumer. I, I want to see gameplay, dude. I want raw gameplay. I want real gameplay. Not this manufactured crap. I don't want cinematic trailers. I don't want trailers like the avowed trailer that ends up changing later. I don't want a trailer that doesn't show me anything like the Fair Games trailer. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. And if Sony would have walked out and said, oh, but hang on, though. We're going to put all these games on PlayStation Plus. 
so that so that you can save some money so what that that that's not what i'm looking for i'm not looking to save money i'm looking for value i'm looking for for games behemoth with 28 months and it's a vip plus Show me like what you show with Spider-Man 2. Right, like what they show with Spider-Man 2. Like that's the that's the level. It's like, come on, man, give me more of that. Weren't you hyping a movie trailer? No, but misrepresentation of what I do and say is common with dishonest people. I didn't hype the movie trailer. I explained the economic strategy and marketing reality of why a movie trailer would be at a game showcase. I know it's difficult to grapple with that when you're busy trying to misrepresent me or take a swipe. I did not hype up the movie trailer. I said, it makes perfectly logical marketing sense to put a Gran Turismo trailer during a PlayStation showcase. Top of mind marketing, that's your target audience. Globally speaking, Gran Turismo just had record sales in Japan the week that that showcase happened. And you, and you think it's somehow an L that they showed that video, that they showed that trailer. Why? Because drooling Xbox podcast said it was an L? People that probably have zero idea what top of mind marketing even means? Like, they don't know what it means to take products and, and create uh, overlap with other markets. They don't know what that looks like. They don't know how that works. I just logically broke that down. And what did they get turned into? Some clip snipe garbage on Twitter. <laughs> Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Defending movie trailers at a game showcase. Yes. Yes. Logically b- breaking down the marketing and the reasoning and, and the capital of showing something like that at a showcase. Yes. That's me hyping up a movie trailer. The dishonesty is about as tiring as the stupidity. It really is. Promise you, if a Forza player went all the way to the pro racing circuit just by playing Forza, they would have made a big deal out of it too. Gran Turismo movie is a true story. I didn't even know that. (laughs) I didn't even know that. Xbox is giving me plenty. Almost all the games I can play on my X are at a next-gen level. Almost all of them are 60 and some are at 4K. Old games I own and still play given next-gen updates. Right, and that's where we're different, Gilly. I didn't buy a PlayStation 5 to play old games, except for one. Ghost of Tsushima, which it was late-gen PS4. So that makes a whole lot of more sense. If there would have been a game that was like late gen on Xbox that I really wanted to play and it got that boost on Xbox, I would be right there with you. That just wasn't the case. Xbox didn't really have a strong late gen game that was suddenly boosted on on the Series X. That's not why I bought the X. That's not why I bought the PS5. I didn't buy either of those ga- those those platforms to play a bunch of old games. That that's not what I I didn't buy it for that. I intentionally waited to play Tsushima. I saw the trailers. I thought, oh my gosh, that game looks incredible. And I made a very simple decision. I said, I'm not going to play that until I can get 60 FPS. 
That's one. That was one game. Everything else I played on my PS5, whether it was uh, the Demon Souls remake or Returnal or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, or I, well, I play. I think I played Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PS5, but I played Spider-Man on PS4 Pro that I had bought. So I just that's a difference in consumers, and that's totally fine. I've I've never once tried to convince anybody that like, hey, you shouldn't be happy with your Xbox. I'm saying, what have they given you? And when that's what you list, I say, okay, great. That has nothing to do with the marketing of Project Scarlet. That has nothing to do with the marketing of the Series X. That's great that that's what's satisfying to you. I'm speaking in the context of what was promised and what was delivered. And when I compare it to what I got on Sony's side, it's like, this is why I'm playing my PS5 way more. This is, this, is, this is why people think I'm a pony, because I basically drifted away from Xbox because there was nothing to play. I, was, I wasn't going to slobber over Game Pass and the, and the lack of games in 2022 and try and create some false reality. Phil Spencer himself admitted that 2022 was terrible. That was the year I drifted away. It was like, well, you don't have anything for me to play. What do you want me to do here? I, I'm just I'm just going where the games are. Both systems walked into the market and made promises. One of them's delivering and one of them's not. Oh, but I can play old games at higher resolution. That's not that that's not what was really promised. That's not what that's not what I bought it for. That's fine if that's satisfying to you. That's fine. That's fine. If that's satisfying to you, but that's not what was marketed. If the PlayStation did the same thing, I'd be just as I'd be just as angry. If I spent all this time not playing any new games, not getting any new games on PS5, and was like, "Well, you can play Tsushima at better graphics," and, and God of War 2018 got a 4K checkerboard update and 60 FPS, what's the problem, Lono? I would be like, "That's not why I bought a PS5." I would be saying the exact same thing. We were promised games at 4K 60 and up to 120, and we've gotten that, right? Because you could move, you're, but you're moving the goalpost, Gilly. They were not talking about that. They were talking about the next era of Xbox. Go watch the trailers. Nobody watched those trailers and thought, buddy, I can't wait to boot up a 10-year-old game at 4K60. Nobody thought that. You're moving the goalposts. That, that is not at all what the marketing promised us. You just get to like retroactively say, oh, well, they made good on their promise. Kind of. My son just said yesterday he wants a PS5 because there's no games on Xbox. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. The proof's in the pudding. The market saturation for Xbox is on pace to fall below the Xbox One. The PlayStation 5 is on pace to surpass the PS4. The proof's in the pudding. Same for Nintendo. Market saturation for the Nintendo Switch surpassing 120 million. The proof is in the pudding. When you invest in your tech, when you invest in first party, you will have success. After the Wii U, like, like, let's really do a comparison here. After what happened with the Wii U, you it would have been really easy to conclude there's no way Nintendo can come back from that, man. There's no way. PlayStation 4 is crushing it. Ah, uh, come on. 
There's there's no way we're we're gonna we're gonna catch up. And what did Nintendo do? Innovated on tech and invested in their first party titles. And they crushed it. It it stands to reason Xbox could have taken a very similar approach. They could have innovated on tech. Let's just imagine instead of doing a $69 billion acquisition, they would have said, we're going to do aggressive loss on the Series X. We're going we're gonna to beat PlayStation with power, and we're going to undercut them on price, because we can afford to. And, and, and we're going to invest in our first party. And then they would saturate the market, I think, a lot stronger. If Nintendo didn't have Zelda, Mario, Donkey Kong, Metroid, they'd be dead now. I want you to reread what you what you typed really slowly. You you think that's a dunk? <laughs> I mean, if Nintendo didn't have all these amazingly successful long-standing pieces of property, they'd be dead right now, am I right? <laughs> I mean, if you completely undercut the last 25 years of their success and their their established pieces of property and the way they've innovated and brought them forward and constantly changed them and updated them and just continue to win the hearts and souls of people out there for Mario and Zelda and Metroid. If, if you take all that away from them, then they, they, they wouldn't be successful, am I right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you could say that about pretty much any business, though, right? Like, if you just take away everything that defines them as a business and everything that makes them successful and everything that drives demand to the consumer to buy their products, if I take all that away, you know, they, they, they'd be they'd be in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, what a dunk. What an amazing dunk. Wow. It's... If we ignore everything great that they've done, they wouldn't be anywhere. <laughs> Do you think? You could say that about any company. <laughs> Holy goodness. Holy goodness. <laughs> the stuff that people type. What are you what are you saying? What are you even saying? Yeah, if Microsoft didn't have Halo, Fable, Gears, and Forza, what would they have? You can do that to any company. You can take away all their biggest pieces of property and be like, well, if they didn't have that, they'd be they'd be dead. <laughs> if Apple didn't have the iPhone and the iPad, I mean, where would Apple be, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, is the back of your shirt Wolverine? No, the bottom's Wolverine. You just can't see him. He's down there. The cat. <laughs> Claws are out. I would not have a PS5 if Final Fantasy 16 was on PC right now. I wish I could have got it on PC without a one or two year delay. I don't mind first party exclusives. It's the third parties that I don't like. Hang with me, Techno. I have a, I have a very good argument against what you're saying. I have a very good argument against what you're saying. Yoshi P essentially said bringing it to PC would not happen in six months. It would take longer due to optimization. So imagine something with me. Imagine that they insist on only bringing it to market when it can land on PS5 and PC. You know, you want to know what happened? You'd probably get it around the same time anyway. You just didn't want to wait. The reality is you were not harmed as a consumer. You could have waited. The reality is, reality is, is if they would have insisted on, no, we want to hit PlayStation 5 and PC day one, you would get it within the same time frame, homie. 
It would have elongated the project. It would have elongated ship to market. You'd have more QA, more bug testing, more optimization requirements. You, what, it wouldn't be in the market right now. It wouldn't be. You, nothing would change. See, that debate always gets confused with, oh, no, 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 no. If they would have just done multi-platform, I'd have it right now. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You're just mad they got it first. It's not about anybody with any understanding at all of development would back me on this. There is no way a game of that size and those aspirations would have been able to hit the market a month ago if it landed on PS5 and PC. You'd still be waiting for it. So nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. You just don't like that they got it first. This is true every single time a timed exclusive hits the market, by the way. This is true virtually every time. Oh, I have to wait a year to play? That's bogus. That's bogus. If it was multi-plat, you'd probably be waiting that long anyway. You want proof? Look at Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor lands multi-plat. We're, we're, they, they delayed six weeks. We're now 10 weeks out from release. We're 16 weeks out from their original planned release. Still not optimized. Still not running well. Dollars to donuts. If that game launched on one system, we would have gotten it earlier. It would have been more optimized. And then it would have come to market later for everybody else, and it would have been a better quality product. See, everybody thinks with this entitlement lens of if it lands on every platform, that's automatically better. And if it doesn't land on every platform, that, that's, that's wrong. That's anti-consumer. Why? Why? You're going to wait longer for it anyway if they do multi-plat. And multi-plat releases, as of late, are coming to market before they're ready. Why? Why do you think that is? Because the realities of the project getting elongated. You hit the wall of the publisher saying, ship it. We've got to get this out. So you end up with the game coming out. It's not ready. Well, there aren't issues with optimization on the PS5 for Final Fantasy 16. There's issues with the performance mode. Their approach to performance mode has more to do with the FSR that they used and not utilizing dynamic resolution all the time. If you play it on quality mode, there are no instances of like optimization issues or problems. Digital Foundry broke it down. It, it's that's that it's saying, oh, it's not optimized well. I, I don't necessarily know if I would agree with that. It's very specific what's going on there. Yeah, Cliffo's making a good point. Imagine if Hogwarts launched on last gen at the same time. What would have happened? We'd all be waiting for Hogwarts. Why? Because it would have taken longer to bring it to market. Now, you're like, oh, it just came out. Okay, fine. We would have waited six months. It's not on Switch yet. Is that fair? Is that is that wrong? That, that, that the Switch owners are still waiting for Hogwarts Legacy? According to the axiom of, no, 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 it's good for everybody. Exclusives are wrong. Time exclusives are wrong. It should hit every platform everywhere at the exact same time. Great. Nobody's playing Hogwarts right now then. According to your own axiom, we should all wait until everybody can get it. Everybody can get it. And until Switch can get it, it's not right for everybody else to have it. So we all wait longer for the product to come out. Why? What's the point of that? To make it fair? You sound like my kids arguing over the size of a slice of cake. His is bigger! He got his first! Shut up! Who the frick cares? That That is not an economic argument. That's not a logical argument. It's an emotional, entitled, whiny argument. Oh, I, I didn't get it at the same time as them! So? 
Who? What? So what? Who cares? If you wanted that early, then go buy the box. Waiting longer for products means less games for us. That's a nonsensical statement. Waiting longer does not logically connect to less games. Less is a quantitative statement. Meaning, if you wait long enough, you'll eventually get it. Meaning the quantity catches up. What do you mean? That's a non sequitur. If we gotta wait longer for games, that doesn't mean we get less games. The quantity ends up, it ends up happening. That You net the game. You get the game. It happens. It comes to your system. I didn't get high on life on PS5. I got over it. I think some of the times we have to look at these issues as well of who paid for the game. Was the game saved? Like, uh, a good example of this would be Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2 has no business being anywhere but Xbox. Why? Xbox came in and basically saved the project. There's been a handful of games that are landing on PlayStation 5 that have fallen under the exact same scenario. PlayStation swoops in and helps publish the game. When it comes to entertainment products, a year is kind of a big deal for multiple reasons. Maybe a year wouldn't be a big deal on other types of products, but I disagree when it comes to games. Right, but Solemn, you're not engaging with the crux of my argument. The crux of my argument is, if you got your way and Final Fantasy 16 was multi-plat and it hit PS5 and PC at the exact same time, you would still be, right now, waiting for Final Fantasy 16. Forcing that axiom onto the game doesn't suddenly make the game land in the market. It doesn't. It wouldn't. You'd still be waiting for it. Grapple with that. Argue against that, because that's the issue. And the pattern is multi-plat games launching too early and being buggy everywhere. Is Is that good for the consumer? Is it good for a bunch of people right now that bought Jedi Survivor when it clearly wasn't ready, and I now spent $70 on a game that runs like garbage? Was that good for me? I'll argue this. It would have been better for me, for Jedi Survivor, to go Xbox exclusive for one year. And let's just imagine this example, I don't own an Xbox. I don't own one. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's such a bummer. But then it lands on PlayStation 5 a year later, and it's perfect. Has no problems. Which instance is better for me as the consumer? A $70 game I never touched because I got a couple hours in and I was like, this is garbage and it runs like crap. Or waiting a year and then it's optimized, it runs better. Which is a better scenario? Which nets the most value to the consumer? Everybody's just so, like, narrow and one-dimensional on this. Well, no, 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 no. If it doesn't hit every platform at the exact same time, that's bad. That's bad for the consumer. I think we can demonstrate that that is not, that's a false dichotomy. It's not, it either lands on every platform and that's good for the consumer, or it's time exclusive or exclusive and it's bad for the consumer. No, that's a false binary. What, waiting a year nets you a higher value product, you, that's, that's why that binary doesn't work. You can end up with a better game and a better product at the end of, at the end of waiting. Gamers can't wait, they're impatient. Like I said, it's not a logical argument, it's not an economical argument, it's not a value-laden argument, it's an emotional, entitled argument. No one's no one's arguing the logistics of it, the, the value of it, the, the, the quality, the, the economics, the, the development bandwidth. Nobody's arguing that. It's just, nah, I, don't, I want it now! Like, okay. 
Not like the, the freaking kid from Willy Wonka. Please explain Ghostwire Tokyo then. I don't know, homie. You've also got to remember that the Xbox complicates this because when it comes to Xbox later, they have two systems to optimize for. That doesn't change the principle of what I'm outlining. That doesn't change the principle of what I'm outlining. The principle stands. Just because the Series S required more optimization, Ghostwire Tokyo had some issues on the Xbox. We don't know what the cause of that was. Deathloop didn't have any issues. It came later and it ran fine. Garbage is a pretty harsh statement. Redfall and Forspoken run like garbage. Jedi has issues and it isn't perfect. I mean, do you hear yourself at the moment? I do. What's wrong with what I said? A studio the size of Respawn working on a sequel, launching a game, a director saying we could have taken more time, but we knew we could get it in six weeks, and it runs like garbage. I'm well within my right to say that. I can list all of the issues with it. Jedi Survivor has baked in serious problems. It runs bad on beastly machines. That thing runs like garbage. Just because you put it on quality mode and didn't notice it or ignored it doesn't take away from what I'm saying. Your low standards don't pull mine down. Like, seriously. A bunch of gamers have always and continue to impose some weird utopian outlook and expectation on the industry, and they don't impose it anywhere else. Yeah, are you doing this with anything else? Any other form of entertainment? Any other form of digital products? Are you? You just sound emotional about it all, I guess. Condescending projection to to try to nullify what I've said. That's a weak way to argue. Projecting onto me that I'm emotional is a form of gaslighting. It's also a form of condescension. It's also a very underhanded and intellectually weak way of interacting with what I've said. Oh, you just sound emotional about all this. You're just too emotional. Okay. And if I get irritated and respond to what you've said, you'll th- then you've got your way. You got me to get frustrated with your response. I ain't here calling you uh, a pony or your chatters. I, I didn't say you called me a pony. Now you're changing the subject. If you played through Jedi Survivor and you were fine with it, your standards are in the toilet. Like, if you play that game, you're like, oh, it's fine. I didn't think it was that bad. Then your your standards are in the toilet. You let a $70 game come into the market with screen tearing, entire game hitching, massive frame drops, glitches, bugs, crashes. People got soft locked. People lost their saves. And you're like, no, I, I thought it was fine. Your standards are so low. That doesn't pull my standards down. That doesn't make my standards too high. Your standards are so low to act like, oh, no, that's totally fine that they did that. Sold a game at full price, and those were... I, I That isn't even all the issues, by the way. I just rattled off the big ones. Those are just the big issues. Those are, those are not all the issues with Jedi Survivor. Those are just the big ones. There were... There were entire systems that didn't work. People couldn't even complete bounties and got stuck and stuff. Like, those were just the big, the big issues. 
what if you didn't have any of those? You didn't see them. It didn't mean they didn't happen. Again, why are you yelling? You're done here. I don't let people come in and gaslight me and project onto me and make me seem like I'm emotionally unstable or something. I don't, you, you probably have broken so many relationships in your life with that kind of behavior, right? I, th- that, that level of emotional manipulation and gaslighting, I know when someone's doing it and you're not welcome here. It's very sinister and underhanded and I, I have no respect for you. I don't. It's, that's 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 an unkind thing to do to somebody to enter into a discussion and instead of disagreeing and going back and forth you want to start to be condescending and project something onto me that's not there you're done I, I don't accept that anymore I'm not people are not allowed to do that here like it's such a it's such a cliche form of manipulation you would know if he was yelling yeah that, that was not even me yelling this is me yelling like that's yelling. I'm not, I wasn't even yelling. I get a little animated. Je- I, listen, Jedi Survivor was like one of my most anticipated games this year. It was one of my most anticipated games this year. Thought you don't like personal insults? Who did I personally insult? He's gaslighting and being manipulative. You can't be here. No, thank you. Uh, Activision now has the leverage to get more than 70% from Sony for COD. Wait, you mean once they're under Microsoft, Jim? They'll have the leverage? You're talking about the royalty split, right? (laughs) Can you show me what yelling looks like? I need it for future reference. Have you considered having guests from different podcasts argue and back and forth with it's difficult to do with just chats? People always suggest that. That's not my brand, Tommy. That's not my brand. I turn on the show. I am the show, right? And every day is not FTC. And when I take the time to, I probably spend two hours or more sometimes on monologues, okay? Writing them, trotting them out, establishing everything. If you think I'm going to do that and then also try to schedule somebody else coming on the show, you're, you're in the wrong place. My brand is not come watch me discuss this with somebody else. I do that on Friday with 30 and so gaming. Some of those debates and back and forth have been great. Diablo 4 is boring was really good. When we recap the FTC thing, he and I were not on the same page on a lot of that stuff. But I, I've been doing this for eight years. My brand is not come watch me talk to some other person. The brand is, come talk to me. You get me. If, if you don't like that or you think that's not good enough or I should bring other people on, I find channels that do that. If there's a superior product out there, why aren't you watching it? Cowboy, king of entertainment, jumping back in. Thank you so much, cowboy. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. It's a very destructive social interaction. I don't think people realize it. Right, and the set in the in the second I feel somebody's doing that to me, it's like, no, you're not going to do that. It's so manipulative. Your monologues are very good. Just asking, I understand it's not your brand, no problem. Right, I just that's not something I can do. I, number one, booking people like that's impossible. Number two, I don't like making content that depends on other people. And number three, with all due respect, I busted my butt to get here. I ain't sharing the stage with somebody else. <laughs> I invested almost a decade into doing what I do. 
And last thing I'm going to do is, well, yeah, come share the stage with me every day. No, I, I am the show, you know? That's true of virtually every content creator out there. They're the show, and you go and interact with them, and you super chat, debate them, meme them, make fun of them, whatever, tease them. That, that's the show. I'm not, I'm not saying anything that's, like, out of the, out of the ordinary. <clears throat> um, hang on a second. Butters has got something here. If anything, COD would not have... If anything, COD would not have less leverage, at least to me, especially since now a contract is signed saying they're required to be in the Sony platform. Well, what he might have been getting at... <coughs> excuse me. What he might have been getting at, Butters, is you will have the leverage to tell... I'm sorry, to tell Sony, hey, we want more. You need it, and we want more. I mean, that's what Bobby Kotick did to Xbox already. It. I think what he's saying is they can do the same thing to Sony now. The added value of the perfect guess would be hugely outweighed by the extra work and how often it would potentially detract from the quality if it wasn't perfect. <clears throat> Creature says, you heard him, no more Fridays for me. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair here. Five shows a week. One of those shows... No, I'm sorry. Six shows a week. One of those shows is dedicated to me having somebody else on. And we've had other people on. I've had Doc Dark on a couple of times. I had on Oh No, It's Alex. That's one out of that's one out of six shows. That's not bad. That's, once a, that's a once a week segment. That's pretty good. That's, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's not too bad. Why is this guy saying the same thing? Why do people do that? YouTube's been glitching, I think, with people's comments. I've had a couple of people do this recently, and they're not mean comments. They're good comments, but they'll make the same comment like four times on a video. I'm like, what are you doing? I think YouTube's glitching out on submitting people's comments. Like, they go to say something, and I don't think they think that it goes through. Please leave the show rotation the same. Yeah, I'm not going to take away the shows with Mike or with uh, Creature. I'm just, I'm never going to be like, hey guys, uh, tomorrow's show about the FTC, I just put two hours worth of research into it, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to share the segment with somebody else. What the fr- No? <laughs> That's like those group projects in school where you do all the work and some dum-dum gets to stand up there with you in front of the dry erase board and he gets an A as well? No! <laughs> I'm not doing that! <laughs> I'm not doing that! <laughs> I'll do it on Friday with Mike! I love doing that show with Mike. It's fun. It's enjoyable. But it's not the brand and it's not the content flow. Yo, Kale coming back in with a VIP. Have a great vacation. Thank you so much, Kale. Yeah, I saw that, Lido, that Obi-Wan's been nominated and or got nominated as well. I bet you Andor wins awards, truth be told. I don't think Obi-Wan deserves to win anything. <laughs> YouTube Mobile loves to double and triple post comments. Yeah, it's been happening a lot recently. I, I think it's because of they pushed out that UI update and then they rolled it back and it's just causing all kind of weird oddities on the platform. Guys, do me a favor. Let's hit 600 likes, 
okay? I need 20 more likes from you. There's a ton of people still here. We have almost 800 people here, okay? We had a massive day. If you hit 175, I'm going to owe you more members. If you hit 200 members, I'll owe you 40, right? Yeah, I'll owe you 40 members, okay? I'm going to do those members during a premiere. We'll do that in about 15 minutes. So you have 15 minutes if you want to drive that number. Uh, If you want to drive the likes up, be sure to do that. Somebody said earlier that they ordered some coffee, um... I had I, I don't the coffee alert's been kind of spotty lately, so I am sorry about that. We're trying we are trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, we did get an order of coffee about two hours ago. Uh, thank you so much, uh, LT Gamer, for ordering some coffee. I appreciate that very very much. Obi One got nominated for um, best limited series. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be going up against The Last of Us, I, I imagine. It's not going to stand a chance. I don't think Obi-Wan will win, win a single category. Abe's going to push the number. He's going to ask you guys to chip in. If you guys just do a bunch of singles right now, we could blow the lid off of it. There's 762 people here, man. I disagree with Lono a lot, but he gives good in-depth backing for his opinions and occasionally changes my mind. I appreciate that, Jim. I th- thank you. I just... I welcome disagreement. Just, you know, you you know, just you don't got to take swipes. It's not that hard. It isn't. It's not that hard to be a nice person. <laughs> the minimum requirement is be nice. <laughs> and some people just can't manage that. It's too hard for them. What are your thoughts on Final Fantasy 16 graphics? I don't think they're good at all. Oh, I think the graphics are fantastic. I think performance mode is what I don't like. I thought when... I think I saw you tweet about this, and I was like, I do not agree with you, cowboy. When I watch Digital Foundry's breakdown, and he's breaking down architectural design, the lighting, the shadows, the clothing, I think it's, I think it's spectacular. It's a beautiful game. Now, I think people look at the characters... And they're expecting like hyper photorealism, and that's not the art style of the game. I don't want every game to be photorealistic. I like games with an art style. I think the characters look great. I think Final Fantasy 16 is just gorgeous. Now, the performance mode gets a little blurry because they, well, not blurry, I'm sorry. It gets a little hitchy because they won't run dynamic resolution. So you come out of combat and you're not getting 60 FPS. I, I hate that. I like the cutscenes, I love the combat, but when I come out of combat and I have to explore, it feels just terrible. It feels really, really terrible. I am I am strongly disappointed in the performance mode of that game. Strongly. It's well below what I would expect from a game that bragged about they bragged about the harnessing the power of the PS5. Uh, you didn't you didn't in my estimation. You I think they overshot. It could be because they're using FSR one. I don't know if they can upgrade to FSR two dot one or whatever the latest version is. I don't. I don't know how easy that is. I'm unfamiliar with some of that stuff. Uh, Captain Toasty Bun with 19 months and it's a VIP. Almost had my two year back. Thank you so much, Captain Toasty Buns. Two dollars from William Lewis. The Roadhouse Way. Be nice until time to not be nice. There you go. <clears throat> Yeah, they added the slider from Ocean Blur. I didn't feel like it helped. 
I turned it off and I didn't feel like motion blur went away. I I don't know. It it, it felt like it was still happening. The colors are so bland and a lot of the NT- NPCs have no detail. They look like toys. Yeah, but I don't I don't really take issue with NPC quality when you're when you're dealing with that many instances of NPC interaction. That's not that important to me. And the colors being bland, again, I feel like it's an art style decision. I feel like when I'm in like green areas or lush areas, you know, some of the early areas, it's a lot of stone um, and a lot of you know like castle and rocks and desert. Those are going to be bland color palettes, but then I think when the colors come in for the attacks, when the colors come in for the icon fights, it looks fabulous. I I don't know. If you play Final Fantasy 16 and then play Spider-Man Remastered or God of War Ragnarok, you would think Final Fantasy 16 was a PS4 game? I don't agree with that at all. I think Digital Foundry's breakdown definitively proved that that's not true. I, I feel like we're dealing with an art style problem, not a graphical fidelity problem. People come and look at the art style of a game and they think, oh, I get, that game looks bad. That little game looks bland. It's just an art style choice. It's not that it's bad or bland. They did similar things in Diablo 4. Some of the areas have more muted color palettes and more bland color palettes. But then when all of your attacks come out, it looks phenomenal. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but I think, objectively speaking, if you just look at the tech breakdown from Digital Foundry, they put tons of work into the into the fidelity and the details. It's, it is very well done. I'm not saying you have to like it, but at an objective level, at a technical level, they put so much detail, fidelity, intricacies, sh- the, the, the shading and the lighting. It's, it's very, very well done. It's top shelf nobody would watch the Digital Foundry review and be like, yeah, but it still looks like a PS4 game. I'd be like, what? No. Final Fantasy XV looks better overall. I just think that's objectively not true. There's levels of graphical fidelity, lighting, and details, and shadows and shading that weren't they couldn't do back then. That's, this isn't true. I feel like we keep doing this. We keep doing this comparison thing. People did it with Jedi Survivor, and then the side-by-sides definitively showed the game upticked in graphics. People said the same thing about Ragnarok, saying it didn't look any better than 2018. And then the side-by-sides definitively proved that objectively, the graphics had been upticked significantly. People did the same thing with Horizon Forbidden West. Tried to convince me it didn't look any better than Zero Dawn. I just... I. I don't believe it. I don't believe that we that these games have not advanced graphics. People did the same thing with Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West Jinx. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now now you we can't talk until somebody says our name or some I don't know how it works on the internet. My kids play Jinx all the time. I watched their video and they did say at times it looked old gen. They actually said that in their very video. Okay, but you're ripping that out of context, cowboy. He was specifically talking about environments and water when he said that, and he said that some areas looked pristine and awesome, and some areas looked more bland and more old gen. That doesn't encapsulate the entire game. That doesn't that doesn't encapsulate the entire game. That's 
those were specific instances where he said there are times where the water there are times where the environments have tons of rich detail and other times where it's more bland and looks like an older gen game that doesn't mean Final Fantasy 16 looks like a PS4 game I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's too, that's too sweeping. After a very specific instance of comparison, that's too sweeping to conclude that. I, I don't agree with that. No, 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 no. We're not dealing with an Xbox fan trying to downplay PlayStation. That's not Cowboy. Cowboy's just being critical. He's allowed to be critical. He's not the only person that thinks Final Fantasy 16 looks bland. Didn't they also say the giant monster fights would make you pee your pants? I don't know if they officially said that in an interview, Zubair. No. (laughs) Graphically, we've reached a point of diminishing returns. We're not going to see the same leaps that we did in PS2 to PS3, PS3 to PS4. I've tried to tell people that so many times. I argued so strongly one day with people that we were close to the graphical fidelity ceiling of the PS5, and people told me I was nuts. And I'm like, okay... If I'm wrong, great. I I think I'm already being proven right with Final Fantasy 16. That's the technical way to describe it. Sorry for the jargon. <laughs> Guys, you have five minutes. You have five minutes. If you want to make a mad dash to 175 or a mad dash to 200, some of the big boys could do it. If you guys want to flex a little bit, we're going to go to a premiere. Uh, I got a really, really awesome premiere today for you guys. I think you guys are going to like this one. I'm not saying the entire game. If you read my first comment, I said it seems like three people worked on the graphics of the game because some of it looks great and some of it doesn't at all. I I didn't see you say that. You asked me what I thought about the graphics and you thought that it didn't look good and then you talked about people looking like dolls and it looking old gen and then you told me if I compared it to Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok, I would think it looked like a PS4 game. That to me is pretty sweeping. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. That was That's my recollection of what you said. That's what I was interacting with. You know. I'm curious if Lone's going to play Bang on Balls Chronicle demo. Probably not. <clears throat> Promotions beta is now in the back. Grow your channel's popularity engagement by promoting your videos on YouTube? Yeah, no. Just give me Brand Connect. I want to pay money. Alright guys, you got four minutes. Four minutes. Make sure you have smashed like. Make sure when we go over to this new video that you also smash the like button. Eugene says the Titan and the Bahamut fights are just insane. Never experienced anything like that before at that level of scale and fidelity. Bahamut fight looked great, but was very irritating fighting him. <clears throat> okay, so currently I owe you... Let me do the math. I owe you... <clears throat> I owe you 30 members. If you guys keep pushing members during the premiere, I'll honor it. But right now we're going to go over and I'll give you guys 30. Uh, and if you get it to 175, I'll do more. If you get it to 200, I'll do more. But right now, I'm going to give you guys 30 when we get over there. It's a great way to kind of capture people. There will be a debrief today. We'll be we'll, we'll have a members-only debrief. That'll be after the premiere, okay? 
debriefs have been a little bit shorter because I got a lot of work to do before I go out of town. I made a comment before uh, that saying, I paid to join the conversation. I was gone for a month, but I missed Lono. I'm glad to see you still going strong, brother. I appreciate you, cowboy. You're good people, man. You're good people. There, 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 there are some, there are some nice folks out there that are uh, willing to have conversations and not attack, even if they disagree. And I, I, I treasure those people. I do, because the rest can disappear from my timeline. I have no interest in seeing them. Oh wait, did I set this up? Let me make sure I set this up. Nope, I didn't. All the combat's beautiful. Anyone know if Viewfinder is PC, PlayStation exclusive? I actually don't know, but the Viewfinder demo is definitely worth playing. If you have not played the Viewfinder demo on PlayStation, you need to play that today. It is very, very enjoyable. I have a game review for you guys of a very, very cool game. And uh, please do me a favor and go over, watch this, give it some love, give it a like, give it a comment. Uh, getting these kinds of opportunities to be sent equipment and review games is awesome. This is not a paid-for review. It's not. I got to pick whatever I wanted to review. I was merely sent the equipment. So this is not something that I was paid to say. I picked this one on my own, and I really, really liked it. This is definitely one worth checking out. And this game is also not just VR. You can play the non-VR version. It's a really, really cool game. Uh, It's called Super Hot. So it's one where time only moves when you move. It's extremely interesting. I walk through the graphics, the gameplay, the content loop, uh, and whether or not I recommend it. So I'm going to put a link in chat. I'm going to end the stream over on Kick first. Come over to YouTube if you want to see this premiere, especially if you want to hang out in the members-only debrief after. We always do a debrief uh, after this kind of content. It gives people an opportunity to discuss it, especially after today. We'll mainly be probably talking about the FTC, not the premiere, okay? But there is a link in chat. Do me a favor. Flood this premiere with likes and comments, all right? And this thing just hit VR recently, as far as I know, Zubair. I'm going to send you guys over there. Thanks so much for watching. That premiere is going to start when we get over there. And uh, again... Appreciate you guys. I'm going to gift a bunch of members when we get over there. I'll see you guys in the chat. Thanks so much for being here. We're not done. I'm going to see you in the chat over there on this video that I'm about to send you to.